Welcome to The Last Word. Thank you guys for coming in today. It is a odd episode because Lord Cognito is under the weather. Um, he had a little, little work done, uh, getting something fixed in his nose, but he is recovering fine. So nothing, nothing wrong there. He's just got to recover, but not able to do a podcast. But the Destiny world exploded today, and we are joined by an awesome guest. Uh, you guys may know him from the new host of Fireteam Chat as well as the most handsome man in the room, even though I gave it a shot. I failed, and we're going to get this thing going. Ty Guy Travis, how you doing, man? Glad to have you I'm on here for great. this quick one. McClunky, everyone, and glad to be back on the last <laughs> you get word. To say it. You get to say McClunky <laughs> I to, here. You get to say McClunky here. It's, it's uh, home away from home. Uh, yeah, glad to be back. And uh, for those of you that don't know, we we put this together last minute just because there was so much news, and and Ibantis and I were just chatting on Twitter, and we are like, Dude, do you just want to talk about this? We I need to talk with someone about this destiny craziness that's happening today. So it worked out because you were Fireteam Chats doing your, you know, every other week. And then we had an off week. And I'm just like, in my head, there's so much to talk about. I gotta record something. And I'm just like, I reach out and I'm like, come on, Ty Guy. And he's like, dude, yeah. I was like, sweet. So we are <laughs> here. here. We are. Um Odd hours for sure, but yeah, I've been playing Outriders all day, State of Play just happened, and then this in the middle, and I'm just like, it's a busy day. Um, this is this is what you get for your heresy, Ivantos. You yeah, leave, you leave, leave the tie you leave, uh, to you. <laughs> <laughs> you leave Destiny for one day to go play Outriders, and all of a sudden, they pull you back in. No, and that's so actually something I wanted to say, is I swear Bungie planned this, because they're like, Outriders, <laughs> the demo's going live servers are getting overwhelmed and everything and Bungie's like oh don't forget about us state of the game like how do you think that was planned at all i'm curious i don't think so but if they did they took it from wow maybe they learned it when activision was their uh, publisher because wow used to do that all the time anytime like a big game would come out they would announce their big expansion and i think Rumor was, I think somebody told me who knows more about WoW than I do, like James Duggan or someone. Someone told me that their strategy used to be they would develop an expansion and then they just keep it into their pocket until a competitor came out. And then they would just plan the release around that? this like new. They did they did that when the Star Wars, the, oh, the Old man. Republic uh, oh, yeah. MMO came out, all that stuff. They were just planning it around that. And I was like. That's kind of brilliant and also really mean. It's like mean, maybe brilliant. Maybe they took a page. It's also yeah. like risky. I mean, granted, it gives them plenty of development time, but at some point you like, we kind of got to put a date on this thing. And Blizzard's like, we're just raking in millions of dollars. We don't really have to rush anything. So, yeah. Yep. Um, I know you haven't played Outriders yet. It is fun, though. I will do another review about that one and talk about it more. But I've played most of the day, like a good eight hours. Uh, mostly on that in between other stuff played a couple classes through the demo so far it's fun um it is not a live service game so it's never going to be the destiny killer so nobody needs to get that idea but i think as a nice you know break between quiet times and stuff like that i think people are going to be able to have a lot of fun with it about a 35 40 hour campaign and it does have an in-game grind but it will have a finale so that's something destiny does not seem to have at all at this point. <laughs> yeah, maybe not. And Although that's we how you segue to right the there. Saga. That was a great, that was a great segue. Yeah. Um, yeah. So that was one of the first things that we got. Um, Destiny 2021 update, the road to the Witch Queen. And what was like the first thing that kind of knocked your socks off? Because you got the first paragraph where, you know, Joe was talking about his story mm -hmm. to kind of get where he was. And then we get to the Witch Queen, Lightfall and beyond. 
Uh, just like, what was the first thing that was your first like mind explosion? Because there's a lot of them today we're going to go through. Yes. Uh, the first mind explosion was actually at the header after the first paragraph. It was and beyond. I was like, oh, so they're going to talk about beyond Lightfall because I think that was up for debate. And I and I think uh, last week when we got the news that Bungie is expanding its studios, doubling in size and doubling down on, on the Destiny franchise with movies and comics and all that other stuff they said that they're going to do. Um, I think that was the point where I said, okay, Lightfall is not the end. Because before then, I was like, maybe it is. It's called Lightfall. They're saying it's going to bring the light and darkness story to an end. And, and also, we know that lots of people on the, the Bungie team have been working on this other project. Um, so, you know, my, my thinking was maybe Destiny is is on its downward slope and they're going to give it a finale. But as soon as you got to the first the announcements last week and then now this, I was just like, wow, this is crazy. This is wild. They're they're really doing it. Well, you have like Destiny Universe directors now, and then Justin got bumped up to Destiny 2's, I guess, director of that or lead or whatever. And then I'm sure Joe, um, who wrote this one, actually is probably some counterpoint to it. Does his title on here now, actually? Assistant Game Director of Destiny 2. So yeah, he's right there, second to Justin, it seems like. Uh, yeah, I'm with you. That was one of the first things is, we'll get to the delay in a second, is just the fact that from, as you said, last week, the studio is growing leaps and bounds, which is really cool to see because it's nice to see a studio like Bungie who does a lot of positive things for the game development community between how they treat their employees, their work in the social space, their continued work. Like there was the entire Black Lives Matter post and their continued work for that. All of those things are really cool. And then you see them like have such success. It's really awesome to see. Yeah. Um, and, but, go yeah, ahead. And then I, I wasn't even bothered in that same paragraph they say hey look we're delaying the witch queen till 2022 and to me that i kind of glossed over that there was so much other stuff going on i was sort of just like yeah i not really care at all in fact i kind of forgot witch queen was supposed to come out this year it still feels like it's last year the year of beyond light and we're going to be doing like these seasons for a while but you know i i completely forgot that we were supposed to get the witch queen this year so this Honestly, to me, it's not even really a loss. I To me, Witch Queen was far away and, you know, it was nowhere near getting released this year. So, yeah, uh, I mean, I read it live on live on stream while I was like Outriders. I was like, Outriders, pause, bring this up, reading through. And I was like, oh, uh, Witch Queen is delayed. I was like, yep, expected that. Moving on. I blew past that in a second because yep. we kind of all expect with that's one thing a lot of people are starting to see now is last year COVID hit. But games that released last year were already probably fairly close and some things got pushed, but stuff that was like mid development just got even harder. And they explained part of that is the fact that anything that was in development over the course of the last year, now full year of COVID, um, they've been working from home for that much longer. So it's harder and harder to develop content that they're used to making at some point to get back in the studio. And they haven't been able to get in the studio to basically touch any of this stuff. So the fact that it was delayed, not a surprise at all. And they also said, I got to read some of this verbatim because I'm going to get it wrong if I don't. Uh, we also realized we needed to add an additional unannounced chapter after Lightfall to fully complete our first Destiny saga. That was my second one. So we have Beyond Light, which we thought was Beyond Light, Witch Queen, and Lightfall. And we're like, okay, that's our package. We don't know what's out here. We now know something is out here. And Beyond Light almost now feels kind of like a buffer to you. Doesn't That was what it kind of felt like yep. to me since this seems... It always felt like that to me. That okay. To be honest, like when they were announcing Beyond Light and showing the like what was in it, my thought was like, this reminds me of like Rise of Iron. It, and then after playing the campaign, I think I think we had a, an episode after I did my review for IGN and I was like, yeah, you know, 
beyond light. Like its story kind of felt like it had nothing to do with anything major. And it seems like they're really saving their stuff for the Witch Queen. And even in uh, the season of Arrivals, I feel like most of the uh, focus wasn't on whatever was going on with Aramis. It was on the Witch Queen's arrival. It was on, you know, like that That was sort of like what they were setting up. So to me, it always felt like it. And now this sort of just confirms that it's not act one of the final trilogy of the, the light, Dark and Light Saga. It's just a year in between while they do some development stuff. And I I, I think that's way better. So yeah. I mean, it sets the precedent for for one Witch Queen. We know it's getting delayed, and they said to early 2022. I'd put January to April as an option at this point because they say early. They didn't say January. I'm going to give them as much time as they need because it sounds like this is going to be something special. So as usual from the Super Mario quote from all time, you know, delay it. (laughs) And I think we'll all all be happy about it. Now, my curiosity, I wanted to ask you and anybody in chat as well. How do you all think they're going to time and space out the seasons? I hope they don't, to be honest. Normal I kind of hope and then that, a break. I kind of hope we get a break, to be honest. I've I've always been a proponent of fewer seasons because it seems like the seasons we do get are a little bit under undercooked uh, and, and just we end up with like a little bit of content that gets stretched out. And I've always thought, why not just do two seasons that are, you know, like like we did Destiny year one. We got Dark Below. And we got uh, House of Wolves and yep. they were, you know, they weren't the greatest expansions in the world, but they they had a raid. They had one of them had an extra mode. The campaigns were a little bit longer. They added a lot of meaningful content that I think uh, we sort of miss in seasons where they just add sort of one very tacked on, you know, match made activity. And, and then that's it. Um, this season is sort of an exception to that. I'm really, really liking Season of the Chosen. But in the past that we've sort of had to, you know do the armory uh, stuff just all season. And that was not enjoyable at all. So um, I I kind of hope that they just stretch on the season and maybe fix PVP would be a great use of their time. That way PVP could sort of carry them through to the, the, you know, the next big PVE dump of, of witch queen, but we'll get to what they said about PVP later. It sounds like that's a longer term project. Yeah. Uh, I mean, yeah, we said that probably sometime recently with somebody It's like, I'd be a point to where, even just the six-month expansion, something substantial in the middle, like you're going to have your breaks as, I mean, there was the Blizzard developer that was like, people are going to leave your game at some point. How do you want them to leave? Now, right now, this season is actually probably one of the rare occurrences I'm with you that they've handled it well. They like gave us a big dump in the first three weeks, and then I would have, that sounds terrible. <laughs> um, But then you're going to have, yeah, it was worse than I intended that one to come out, but you're going to have... <laughs> One strike and then Guardian games because we already got the master difficulty. I figured that was weeks later. And then we had the quest, which was still sooner than I thought. But we have one strike. We have like the seven or eight, you know, we have the weekly challenge, however long the story goes. And then we have Guardian games. And there's like the Guardian game ceremony, which I still wonder if is going to tie into lore. But you get most of the activities up front, do as much as you can, and you can pop in every couple weeks and catch up on challenges. That's probably one of the best feel if they're going to do the seasonal thing. I think that's actually not bad because people can get most of it out of the way and then, you know, come back in a couple of weeks. I'll get some more of the challenges. Oh, do this and then do that as opposed to feeling like you have to come every week. Seems seems like this one I'm with you has actually been handled better than most. But I wonder how the rest yeah. of the season is going to feel now. Yeah, I, I always do feel like their first season after the major expansion tends to be. Maybe I'm misremembering that. Which one was? Dawn was after the last one. Dawn was after the. Was Shad- that right after the? 
season of undying and then season of dawn yep yeah so that that my recollection is that they get progressively weaker after the main expansion comes out you know i I would have to go through and actually look to see if i still believe that but that's what i remember yep and so my like my thing would be you know if this is the strongest season and then we've got a few other seasons coming up that maybe are going to gradually get worse until you know the season before the expansion release we're doing something horrible like playing gambit or something i would just prefer that they do fewer seasons and, and flesh it out a little bit more um i also think there's potential like they could really take their time with a longer season leading into the Witch Queen if the season is sort of like Season of Arrivals where it sets up the the next expansion, you know, does like kind of a lead in and has story implications of Savathun getting ready to make her move and all that stuff. I think that could be really cool. We kind of already got that in Season of Arrivals because that was yeah. pretty much just us playing games with Savathun, but <laughs> they could they could find some way to to, you know, make that interesting and fun and then it sort of serves as as its own like advertisement for uh, the Witch Queen coming out. So I, th- I think that would be really cool. Um, but yeah, th- I I'm I'm sort of you know don't worry about it. Don't don't give me seasonal content in lieu of you just putting all of your heart and soul into a Witch Queen. Like make that expansion the best it can be. And it sounds like Bungie's on the same page. So. Yeah, I was like, and that's what it's. I think people are just going to have to accept. Like we're going to have some substantially long seasons that are either going to be like spread out, take your, you know, pieces at a time, maybe a month longer even. And, but I think I'm with you. Like when you have the almighty moment or you had the traveler get healed and then the ships take over the director moment. If witch queen is what they describe for kicking off, like what's going to end this light and dark saga. And this is what they're really, that almost could be one of the coolest that we've ever seen. Hopefully. If Savathun does start playing with all her dominoes that she set up, then we'll have to see what those actually mean. Yeah. Um, so, I'm excited, man. Oh, I I read through all of this. There were a couple things. I will say one of my giant fist bump. So, okay. So those were explosions about Witch Queen. Random tangent, though. What was your, like, did you have any, like, hands over your head, like, fist pump, like, big moments? And it, mine was stupid. Think- mine was dumb. I know what it was, though. I'm excited to see yours. Uh, (laughs) Honestly, the whole thing read like a love letter to the community and like, hey, we're here. We're going to like fix it. I know a lot of people. I think the biggest headline to come out of this was sunsetting. Um, The fact that they're getting rid of sunsetting. But to me, it was the fact that they finally addressed PvP in a meaningful way. I mean, they've done that in the past, but this time they sort of were like, hey, look. It's it's a part of Destiny. It's not going anywhere or we're not giving up on it. And then they started to list like the things they're going to do. Helping with the cheaters, they confirmed one for me that was like, oh, thank God, as a PvP main, is uh, they confirmed that they're not going to make you be in a playlist with PC players on console yes, once crossplay arrives. That to me was like, all right, thank God, because that was something that's been in the back of my mind for a long time. Like, oh God, are they going to do that? Am I going to am I going to hate this crossplay change? Because ideally, I would like to be able to play with my friends on PC. My entire clan is on PC. None of them play on Xbox, but I have a lot of friends on Xbox, and I'm. I, that's just where I tend to gravitate to when I play, uh, mostly because I don't like to play with cheaters. So I play on Xbox <laughs> where, fair. where Crucible or Crucible is at all palatable. Um, and uh, yeah, so so that was really cool. But I, I think for me, it would have to be uh, the section where they just talked about Crucible. That that to me was like, oh, thank God. They, they like know it's important and they're going to fix it. And they're doubling the size of their security team to f- address cheating on PC. All that stuff was really cool. Yeah. So. My little like moment 
was shaders are no longer going to be consumables. <laughs> and People it was really are about that. No, yeah. it's just like it's a it's a small but petty annoyance. It'd be like that one. And then if Paul Tassie would have his explosion, if they're like blues are going to get fixed, that would be Paul's if he actually had one to like he'd read through and see that and just happy about it. He I mean, there's blues. amazing. I really don't understand that one. Like you just delete them. You get a few materials out of it. Why do we have to? I don't understand that. But yeah, yeah. He, he's been talking about that on Fireteam Chat for weeks. I mean, I'm with him. That's his. What What do you what's the ask Bungie or Bungie wish or whatever? Uh, what, Bungie, please. Bungie, Bungie please. please. Damn it. I had the wrong name. Yeah. But yes. Yeah. See, I listen. <laughs> you do. Yeah, you do. Yeah. So the, that's been his Bungie, please for a while. So what it, just a tangent here. What is the argument against blues? Like, why? Are, why is that a problem? Uh, I mean, depending on your vault space, which is going to be an issue, which we'll talk about in a little bit. But depending on your vault space and how much you have on your character, if you go through like I've been playing Iron Banner and I swear I've got four drops every match. I've been just, they're throwing loot at me. So if you play like four or five matches, you just got like 20 blues. Either you're going to break them down, either they're going to push stuff out of your postmaster. Like blues are not required after a certain point. They do use zero benefit usually most of the time. I see. So then it's either, I see. It's, so, it usually just works against you after a certain point. If you could just either turn off picking them up or just like choose. And even in playing Outriders, it was like auto loot. And it, it literally has this auto loot a rarity. And you can choose. I only want to pick up epic stuff, and that would be purple in that game. And you're like, if it's blue, I don't want to touch it. Like, you could actually set that as an option. I'm like, that would be nice. Now, the reason I say Postmaster for Vault Space is because we'll get to the point where your stuff's going to stay around for a while now. Yep. Um, yeah, we'll that's, get- that's another Yeah, that's another uh, transition <laughs> segue. Uh, yeah, for me, like, I, I guess I'm a different type of player. My yeah. vault is not at all full because I just tend to not, I'm not like at all lovey-dovey about my equipment. I'm just like, yeah, delete it all. Get rid of it. Like, I don't care. Oh, it's a god roll. I don't care. Like, let's just get rid of it. I, I mean, I'm the exact make, opposite. You know. I'm a hoarder in Destiny. I think you're most sh- people. I think you're most people because a lot of people seem to have this problem where they're like, my postmaster's filled up and my items are getting deleted. And I'm like, bro, I never go to the postmaster. <laughs> I like, this is not a problem. It's, I just look at it on my character and I go, okay, stats aren't that good. And I delete it. And yeah. that's it. But and even like I the have, blues like, that go to your character, you're still just delete, delete, delete for after like every single crucible match. They, they helped me level up this season for the Sometimes, 50 power or whatever. Yeah, yeah the 50 they, they were helping will. me level up. Yeah, they will help so, you level up there, which has been, and that's why I was like, you could choose, but say once you get to thirteen hundred, now you're done with them. Those are never going to help you totally. again at thirteen hundred. So, and and with the new leveling up rules that they said, where they're only going to be increasing it by ten, and so now blues are basically going to be completely irrelevant. Oh, yeah. I think they might end up going back to Destiny One's mechanic of auto dismantling blues because that was a thing in uh, in Destiny One, or was yeah. it Greens? I I played uh, Destiny to- One recently. And I oh, saw man. a green engram drop and I forgot that those were in the game. I, I was like, could not, what I the hell even, is that? I don't even know what that would look like in Destiny 2. I don't even know if there's a graphic for that in Destiny 2. That's I don't think there is. But yeah, it, dro- it dropped and I was like, I was like, wow, that's a green engram. I completely forgot about those. Um, but yeah, for we jumped around a little bit there, but I'm going to try and work our way through this thing. So the Witch Queen represents yeah. an important evolution in the ongoing story of Destiny 2. Like this is why when we're talking about like, what's the end of season event for Witch Queen for 15, however long that thing takes. Beyond Light built the foundation and allowed us to weave the world building of Destiny and Destiny 2 together because they brought back the Stranger, of course. But Light, but the Witch Queen will 
light the fire on a strongly interconnected narrative across Lightfall and beyond, unlike anything we've ever attempted before, with characters, arcs, heroes, and villains that persist over multiple future releases. Even more importantly, the conclusion of these releases will conclude the Light and Darkness saga. That's an important line we've got to come back to. The conflict we first introduced with the launch of Destiny many years ago. As we've been developing the Witch Queen, we realized that we needed this release to be the first of many moments crucial to the story of Destiny. With so many, with so much leading to and dependent on what happens in the Witch Queen, we wanted to make sure that we gave ourselves enough time to build out the journey right away, uh, starting with an exceptional first chapter in the Witch Queen. So a couple things to unpack. We've got, you know, obviously the weight on Witch Queen seems huge. We talked about that a little bit, but it seems like even more the narrative, the arc, the characters they're building for this and future releases, because that ties into the Light and Darkness saga, wraps with, what is that going to be, year, is that going to be year 10 at that point? Is that right? Yeah, they said it was a 10-year journey, so I think they're going to be on schedule for that. So, does it sound like for you, after the Light and Darkness saga, is that Destiny 3? I think. Like year 11? I don't know if they'll... I hope they drop the two eventually, but I don't know if we'll ever get a Destiny 3. I think they might just eventually drop the two. Or it'll just be one of those things where everybody plays the two, like Dota 2. Like yeah. nobody ever talks about Dota 1, but Dota 2 is just going to be the game forever. I could see that happening. Um, but yeah, it's, it's I, I think, so today it's 2021. Destiny launched in fall of 2014. So... It'll be, yeah, 2024, you're right. It'll be at the exact 10-year mark before they... And I assume that that it's going to be crazy. I I bet that they start killing off, like, main characters like Zavala and Ikora and stuff like that, and it'll it'll just be completely different by the time we get to whatever's next for Destiny. Yeah, I mean, it seems like they have to do some drastic things, and they've been leading to stuff because certain people are whistling which makes you wonder what savathun's dominoes are going to do like is crow going to be an important factor in the vanguard ever or not so i mean they have all these little pieces we're all like what are all these questions and it seems like they're finally going to start leading into those answers a little bit more speaking of ikora season 14 she's part of it a big part of it a big part of it yeah so i have no idea how she comes into play but it's nice to know that they're actually using her again because everybody's like dude where's our girl She's just chilling over there yeah. in the tower, whittling her thumbs, I, looking around. Yeah, I think people were getting nervous that maybe the actress wasn't wasn't interested in participating or something was going on. I remember seeing things on Twitter and Reddit, but uh, this is great because it means that she's going to get another day in the sun. And, you know, I I think somebody in the comments just said that they think that they're going to kill her. That was my first thought, too. When oh, they man. said that she I has mean, a big yeah. part in it, I was like, oh, the has gone. Like, something's going to happen to her. So. It's like, she's so busy. We have to bring her. It's like, can we get you back one time and then we'll kill you and you're good? That's all we need. One more. I don't know. Yep. It'd be. So if you lose. So Hunter Vanguard Cade would be gone. Then if we potentially mm -hmm. lose Ikora. And then Zavala is the last Vanguard standing. Then there's a point is like, is the Vanguard even a thing at that point? Yeah, I mean, they, they kind of already have their new Vanguard waiting in the wings, though. They've got their Titan in Saint-14. They've got their Crow, the Hunter, and they've got uh, Osiris as their Warlock. They've got oh, kind of their... And they're already they're already kind of doing all the Vanguard stuff. Like, how often do we talk to Zavala? We're talking to the Crow and Osiris more, and Saint-14 was huge last year. So it's like, how how useful is the is the Vanguard right now anyway, if they're not even using those characters? So... Um, yeah, so 
it's it's really exciting that I think in the past like two seasons between Beyond Light and Seeing the Stranger and Drifter and Eris, and then this season now, now as we've got Saladin coming in and so much more voice acting. Destiny has its ups and downs. You have some t- fatigue in the game, but what has intrigued me the most of everything they've been doing, besides like the secret missions, those are always awesome. Those are some of my favorites. The story has been really cool. Like the implications of everything they're building has been exciting. So to know that they're diving even more into that is probably where I'm as pumped as I could be for the Destiny story because they're building a bigger and bigger world. And to know it's going to continue after is, I don't even know what they're going to do. I'm just so intrigued. Yeah, it's like, it's very bizarre to think of a version of Destiny where the fight between the light and the dark is not the main concept. And I guess I never really thought it would end. I kind of thought like, oh, yeah, the darkness will always be like around as a threat. And I'm very curious to see what what the world without the darkness and the light looks like in Destiny. And now that I'm thinking about it, they're kind of already breaking down a lot of the weird like constructs that have existed in destiny like for the first time we're we have an open dialogue with the cabal like they're yeah. just talking to osiris on com chat for like an hour while I just you got do. a voicemail from keitel what's up keitel yeah, How you yeah doing? It's, it's super weird so like th- i could see a version where you know the darkness is gone and maybe the cabal are allies of humanity or you know we're not all trying to kill the hive are, are probably still going to be nuts because they're that's their whole game, but maybe they don't even exist without the darkness. I have no idea what that looks like. So um, I think it'll it'll probably look totally different than what we have now, right? I feel like it has to. I also wonder when yeah. we ever get a new race in the game. Because everybody I mean, wonders about, like, you know, the Veil and the Winnower and all that, like, rumored stuff that never came to light. But is that, like, is this light and dark still going to be Cabal, Fallen, Hive, and Vex for, like, the next... Three plus years. Do you see us still fighting the same races for another three and a half years? Or do you see them? Do you see them you saving that for later or bring it in before like a destiny? I don't, I don't see them ever taking out like a mob out of destiny. And I don't think a, a lot of games do that. Once you've developed an entire faction, you kind of want to keep it in play like this. Even the scorn are now getting their day in the sun again with you know presage. That's true. Uh, coming back. So I don't think they ever get rid of one, but I think maybe, uh, they need to introduce some new ones like for sure at some point, because I mean, the darkness is, I think that's a lock. There's got to be some sort of new mob for the darkness at, at some point. Um, and you know, they used to do it fairly often and destiny one, we got the taken as a new mob, which is still the coolest mob in the game as far as I'm concerned. And they got added the second year of destiny. So I, th- I think they're going to add more as they go, but I don't think they'll ever get rid of the ones that exist. Cause that would just be, pretty unprecedented i actually talked about last week on fireteam chat how even in halo like once the covenant are your allies they you still fight them it's like oh yeah they're like a an offshoot they're factions of extremists who just don't don't like you and so they they like give you a reason to keep shooting the same enemies and uh i i think destiny totally goes that route like i don't see them oh you're allied with the cabal all right no cabal you're never gonna fight them in the game ever again like there's there's like a zero percent chance of that happening so yeah i mean even with the like Fallen's the given like faction house here, house here, house over here. <laughs> Mithrax is one that totally we could have like we could somehow have a I don't know how you talk to a Fallen because I don't think they speak our language like Cabal do. But Mithrax does seem to be an ally to a point. So stuff like that definitely feels like it's going to be a thing. But yeah, I'm with you with you at some point over these next three and a half years. We have to see another race at some point. Yeah. 
maybe Witch Queen does it, or maybe Witch Queen just like reinvents no, the hive. Queen. Which Queen's yeah, gonna hopefully reinvent the hive? That's what I'm hoping for. Maybe a couple. I, I hope there. it. I hope it gives the facelift to the hive that uh, Destiny Two Vanilla gave to the Cabal. I think that would be pretty good. Okay. Because remember, the Cabal were kind of the most underdeveloped faction in Destiny, and then when Destiny Two came out, they added the War Beasts, they added the Incinerators. The, there was just like a whole bunch of stuff that got added uh, through that. So if they could do something similar or even bigger, that would be great. Um, but yeah, I don't. I don't think we're gonna get the new faction during Witch Queen. I think no. they wait for Lightfall, Lightfall and they feels... might even wait now. With now with the delay, they might even wait till the very last year. Destiny, uh, at least in the the Dark and Light Saga. I hope. Yeah. I hope not. But they might. Yeah. Um, and then we also, as you go through this next piece, they said they're committed to uh, being an everlasting, evolving world. We want to make sure we are still taking our time to upgrading. Uh, our systematic foundation of Destiny 2 to support everything we want to do in the future. Our ultimate vision for Destiny 2 still stands. A definitive action MMO, a, glo- a uni- unified global community where you can play Destiny anywhere with your friends. For 2021, this means upgrading our approach to keeping Destiny's weapons and armor game fresh. And armor, my god, needs a refresh. Refining yes, our vision for PvP. <laughs> implementing transmog and adding crossplay. More below. Uh, finally, the most important reason we're proud to be uncompromising when it comes to our commitment to our health of our teams. And then they just said with COVID keeping us away, we just need time to basically make Witch Queen what we wanted to. And we talked about that already. But that's, again, Bungie doing the right thing, not saying, hey, this needs to come out here. It's we're going to take the time to do it right without working our people to the bone. And we have to work from home. It's just going to take longer. Yep. Um, but. They're like, with Witch Queen being delayed beyond and late this summer and all that stuff, we still need to talk about what's happening in 2021. Rewards that matter. With Season 11, we introduced Infusion Caps, an iteration on Infusion designed to keep Destiny's gear game fresh from release uh, to release and to create a healthy ecosystem for aspirational content. While we believe in these goals, it's clear our execution was off the mark. You think? (laughs) I believe everybody would probably agree it didn't go as planned. Now, many factors could have gone into play there. Even I was one that, in theory, was, like, okay with sunsetting to keep things fresh. So was I. Yeah. So was I. I was like... I I mean, I think the caveat I said when it was coming out was... And Destin was a huge, like, never sunsetter. Like, he hated it forever. And I think I said, like... No, it could be good because this gives them a chance to try new things and make off the wall weapons that they don't have to worry about balancing later. Uh, And, you know, as long as they don't just keep rehashing the same weapons over and over again, we'll be fine. Right. Right. And then they went and rehashed the same (laughs) weapons over and over again. That was did not try anything new or interesting. Yeah. There was whatever twab. There was a the whatever bullet point started with reissuing. And I was just like, it was that was just a punch to the gut when it was like, oh, and they were talking about uh, this season reissuing weapons for shattered throne reissuing the moon and those two pieces and i was like uh so they have to regrind for them yeah i'm like and some people already had those now so infusion caps helped us meaningfully shift the meta and beyond light so they do like being able to shift the meta so it's not always the same weapons apparently they really had to just break the game to get rid of mountaintop and recluse and people are like you could have just gotten rid of those two but Yep. So they have made the decision that any weapon or armor that can currently be infused to max power, so basically season of the worthy and onward, will continue to be able to reach max power permanently. So if it exists now and can be infused to this level, this season's cap, it will still be able to indefinitely. 
So that basically says seven Seraph weapons are staying around. War mind cells are staying around. Bellwinter's well, lie they're, is they're staying around. that later. Oh, yeah. We'll get to both of those. Yeah. Um, but all of that stuff that people were like, this is the last season. There's some big stuff going. Not anymore. So what do you think? Are you? I know now that we know that it's like this season, do you think they could have handled it any other way first? Um, could they have handled it any other way? I think they had to go back on this unless they're unless they were going to prove that it could work. That was always my thing is like people were immediately against sunsetting. And I said, well, you know, give them a chance to prove it can work. Give them a chance to make a whole bunch of new weapons that blow us away. And I think when, when I like got that pit in my stomach, like, Oh God, this is going to be terrible is when beyond light came out and the loot pool for weapons was like minuscule. It was just so bad. And I was just like, Holy crap. Like the, the whole point of this thing was that you guys said you were going to, you know, refresh the sandbox and instead you're just taking away the stuff we like and giving us old weapons back that we now have to regrind for every season. That was crazy to me. So I, I think the way that they deployed it, it was sort of like they would have had to do a whole lot to 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 fix it in a in any other way. I think the the easiest way to do it is just do what they said what they're doing now, right? Like just reverse it while you come up with a plan because I had assumed they had a plan. I guess I was wrong. <laughs> I they mean just started sunsetting weapons without any plan on how to like refresh the sandbox or provide new stuff for us to grind for like really we were just going to grind for the same old weapons and then we get like three new weapons per season one of which we get from the season pass right away that's nuts to me like i i don't know how they ever thought that was a good plan no and it's and that's again where i wonder you know three more years of this and they continue to make cool stuff we've seen this season we've got some cool new perks uh we've had some fun exotics and but it's also the point of I went through my vault and I was like, hey, they're telling I literally did this as like a point of principle. I went through my vault. I was like, this has been sunset. Delete, 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 delete. And I'm like, I'm not going to be able to use this in high level. And I'm still not going to be able to. It's like if they get to the point. So I was what I was saying is if they did this the right way is they couldn't have gone back and said, hey, the stuff we had sunset. If you kept it still now, you can use it everywhere. I don't think they could have done that. You would have you couldn't go that far back on your word. But at this point, like. If it's active now, it's still good. So I was like, I don't think they could be like, hey, if it was once, if it was Season of Dawn weapons, yeah, you can bring those back if you kept them. So I think they had to do this onward. But it yeah, is I one of those right. that's, I'm with you. It's like how, as big of a change as it was to say, we're going to wipe out 75% of your arsenal. And then we're not even going to have like a void bow for a whole season or take stuff out and the only void machine guns from the raid. Like there's certain pieces that we had a lot of and now it's not even there. There's a void machine gun in the game that's blue. There's a rare void machine gun in the game just so you have an alternative if you can't do the raid and you want a void blue machine gun or a void machine gun. I noticed that because I've had like three of them recently. I'm like, why is this a new gun? What are you doing? They're still making blues. That's yeah. where they're putting the like, resources. That, that blew me away a little bit. Blew uh, you away? Nice. See what you did there? Got him. Travis <laughs> on top of his his game there. No question about it, though. Um, and they said, well, we they said they strongly believe that Destiny needs a method to shift our meta in the game's most challenging activities. We don't I agree. Yeah. And I agree with that. Like the mountaintop recluse forever meta. It gets boring yep. for everybody. I think we all see the problem they're trying to solve. Yep. It's just that 
not a lot of people agreed with their idea on how to do it. And then the people who did agree on their idea of how to do it, like you and I, like, okay, fine, take away my weapons as long as I have new stuff to chase. We could not have fathomed how they were going to actually implement it or lack lack of implementation really is what happened, right? Like they didn't do anything with it. But yeah, I think we all agree on what the problem is. I'm interested to see how they solve it. I don't really have any ideas. Yeah. I mean, for me, the sunsetting armor was probably one of the bigger ones without a plan because they've said like, hey, we're working on making sure it was whatever post Joe, um, Joe said before that we're working on some plan so your armor is not just a stat replacement of what you had last year. And I'm like, okay, that's cool. That's why I was like, I was looking out to Witch Queen for armor. Been saying that for a while that like armor 3.0 coming into Witch Queen. Cool. Armor doesn't matter till then. <clears throat> Which is unfortunate, transmog even more so being a factor. But now the weapon piece, as you said, the reissues were just like, they didn't have either side covered. And when you finally look back and go, they just hope for the, uh, yeah, it's just a weird decision. I don't know what their plan was. Yeah, I really don't. Yeah, it's just a big head scratcher. But at this point, we can see that they are going to be tuning some things. So stuff that is staying around like Felwinter's Lie, Warmind Cells, the biggest outliers in PvP and PvE, those are going to get looked at. So Warmind Cell builds now will be still viable because your seven Seraph weapons will be dropping. So now my question is, one for you, everything lasts forever again. How's the world loot pool going to look? <laughs> Just bigger and bigger and bigger? I I think I think they remove stuff from the world loot pool. They just don't let they just don't make you get rid of it. So there's going to be weapons that you had to be there during that season to get, and they'll take them out of the world loot pool and they'll no longer be acquirable if you hadn't already. They're just not going to take away the ones that you you did get if you want to keep them. So I see. I think that's how they have to deal with it. Otherwise, the world loot pool is just absurd. Um, I mean, the only other option I, I can I, say is Umbrals. If they build like a full history of what's available in Umbral sure. Ingrams, you could go or back to Worthy could, Umbrals or something, maybe. Or they could they could start letting you actually use the collection system that they spent all that time building, that, uh, which I I'd complain about like every <laughs> single week. Uh, you know they they could just do that. That way my collection tab actually means anything. And well, I, that needs dude, to, I, I that was going to say that needs to be a thing with the exotics. Now we have random exotics. If the collection system yes. doesn't work and those quests ever fade away, that needs to be a thing even more. So I'm with you there. Yeah, I think they should have some currency that you have to pay to roll a weapon uh, randomly that you've already acquired or just let you assign a, okay, I got this one. I'm going to dismantle it to make it my collections version of that. There's so many solutions to this problem. What's weird is that other games already <laughs> have solved the problem yeah, and they're just, they're just letting it kind of languish. I don't understand the, like what's happening there. Maybe they just have other fish to fry, but I, I thought that the collections tab was going to be like the most used tab ever in destiny and instead i almost never go there you know what i go there for i go there to unmark all of the dots mark as red <laughs> and now you, know you can I mean? do that that's quicker what, now yeah that's literally that's all i went to that tab to do i never pull anything out of there unless i need an exotic and i'm too lazy to go to the vault but it, it's just such a weird uh thing if, if they could solve that they could solve a lot of their problems with the world loot pool growing too big with uh people oh. Feeling vault like space. their vault is going to fill up. Yep, I was about to go there. Vault space, which again, I don't have that problem. But <laughs> like, I I do think it's stupid that I have to delete every cool thing I've ever gotten and have no way to get it back. Like, I yeah. thought the whole point of Destiny was that it's a collections game. 
and that we're collecting weapons and armor and becoming cooler. And I, you know, it, it's not ideal to have to delete stuff. Uh, but yeah, I, I just, I don't have any sentimental uh, attribute to me. So delete it all. Speaking of another thing they're going to be backtracking on, we're going back to how Season of Dawn's power increase worked. So we're literally like, hey, we're going back. All right, we're going back a little farther in time how things worked. So now we're going back instead of 50 power level grind each season, it's just the 10 pinnacle. So that's the big change there. And they said, while we believe this change will make it even easier to pick up Destiny and enjoy each new season, uh, while still allowing us to have a deep RPG power pursuit when we launch Witch Queen. Um, and that's one of those that I'm very curious how they handle. If they see the deep RPG power pursuit, are they actually going to switch up like the power grind and how your actual character feels powerful? Do you think they're going to change the system that deep? No. And I actually think this is going to end up being a big mistake, uh, that they're doing this. They, their entire system is based on tiered power leveling. You get tier one and tier two, and now all of those are going to be useless. And really the only engram that matters is going to be pinnacle engrams. And so your prime engrams are now a useless item, unless you, for whatever reason, are like way behind the curve in terms of power level. Uh, Every every loot drop in the game is useless except for pinnacle engrams. And I I cannot fathom why that is a thing. Like, why are they called pinnacle engrams at this point? Then now they should just be called... I don't, I don't know. Is everything a pinnacle engram or is everything now a prime <laughs> engram and they're just going to change? I, I have no idea how this is going to work, but I, I actually think this is one of the areas where I was kind of like, that seems bad. Like, I, I don't understand. What is the point of raising the cap by 10? See, does I've... that make. If no, because because they they just admitted I can bring everything with me and infuse it to light the max light power. Right. So yep. well, what's why? How does this help? I just don't, I do not understand how increasing the power level makes anybody want to play Destiny. I never reach max power any season. I'm just in Crucible. I don't care about like doing the raid every week to get max power. I did get max power last season, but on accident. And I've other been, than I've that, been close, like, like two seasons, I think I've been close, but I'm with yeah, you. Like, I never I'm, do it. I'm to the point now. You don't now, need it. No. There's no activities that make you have to get to max power. It, there's no real advantage to doing it. I just don't understand what the what the incentive is or why anybody would spend their time doing that. And I don't understand why this is a good thing to add. Why if, if, if raising 50 power every season is bad, why is raising 10 and, better? Yeah. Explain like, that to me. I, I, <laughs> I feel like they, what I think they're trying to do is some people like seeing the number go up while it makes sense or not to me. I don't know, but some people like seeing the number go up now it's going up less. So that's kind of a backwards thing. Like, I, we've said this before, and I've always, like, wondered, what if it was, like, the expansion is a big deal. You're going through the story, you're leveling things up, you're playing for a while, you're, you're going to invest some time in it, so you're likely to see a power level go up, and it kind of feels good for an expansion. But the seasonal stuff, you know, one day I can't do a Grandmaster, or, you know, I can't do a high-level Nightfall the next day, or I could, the next day I can't, that doesn't feel good, because you lose the artifact, and then it goes up 50, so now it's just 10... So now is like the Grandmaster going to go up? It's it's really bizarre to me too. I'm with you. I don't I don't know if 50 didn't work. 10 was not liked beforehand. So I don't know why they're going back. Because that was like, well, this doesn't feel good. Okay, let's change it. Okay, this is not, we don't like the whole heavy grind, but we didn't like the, just, if you want to add stuff, to, like they added Battlegrounds this time around. Cool. 
They're a fun activity. There's something new in the game. They add some story to it. And then you can add an exotic quest that could be at a high level, but you don't just have to grind for it. And I think it truly is they're trying to find ways to extend playtime. That's the only thing I can come up with is Pinnacle. What, and now are Pinnacles going to be plus twos? Are they all going to go down to plus ones again like they used to be? Is that going to be a thing? Just to make sure like your point. time in the game, because that I think because right now they're actually getting somewhat away from that because the seasonal challenges will say, hey, you can play week one, two and three. Come back on week seven, catch up on four, five and six. And I was like, I'm cool with that. I like that because I'm going to take a break, play Outriders a couple weeks, come back. I can still catch up on what I missed. That's not a big deal. But then this whole 10 power cap, I I know you were like, you're, you're joking that you're like, I don't understand why. And the more I talk myself in a circle, I don't get it either. I don't know how this, I don't know how this makes it better being as we already knew it didn't work once. Yeah, we know it didn't work once. And you said some people like to see the number go up. Who? I, I want to meet someone who, <laughs> I don't know anybody who likes to see the number go up. Like literally, like I believe you when you say that. I just don't know any of them. Like who is out there going, yeah, I kind of like it when the number goes up every season because then I have to play the same activities un- over and over again and hope for random drops to raise my level. And then I just use those drops to infuse the equipment I already have to bring it up to an arbitrary new power level. I don't know. I need to talk to somebody who likes that and explain to me why why it's enjoyable for them. Because to me, it's just a number I largely ignore until I literally have to. Oh, you want to do the the highest nightfall activity? All right. Well, you literally have to be max power. Okay. Okay. I guess then I'll I'll finally do it. So I just don't get it. Yeah. Like I don't get I, it. I would like. Yeah. To you s- said somebody in the comments yeah, there. So I was like, I talk like is it. I talk is explain. in chat. Yeah. Please. We. I really seriously want to know. Travis, read this. If you want adept weapons, don't do trials. If you if you need the light level for GM Nightfalls, I don't know who David is giving you a hard time. All right. If you want adept weapons, oh, and don't, and do, don't tri- do trials. Oh, and don't do trials. You need the light level for GM Nightfalls. Okay, so that is why you need it to get adept weapons. But why is that a thing? Yeah, like if they didn't raise the power level, then you would just have to do master nightfalls. So they're they're giving you an arbitrary power, essentially a time gate on when you can chase adept weapons if you're in the PVE community. I don't understand how it helps you. Well, I was like, we already have the art of the reset every season if they want that with the artifact. So you're going to be like, oh, I can get plus 10 more and then my artifact might get up to 20. So if that's their way, they want you to put time in to say, hey, you need to be able to do a master nightfall. So what are we right now? We're 1360 would be pinnacle cap. So if next season was 1370, then they just take everything in the game and bump it up 10. So then you just account for what you do with the artifact grind plus your pinnacle grind. So then if a master nightfall is like 1320, bad math, but something like that, it's like a couple above. So it's just going to slowly tick up. So you still have the artifact, which I don't enjoy that either, to be completely honest. Like, yeah, I don't I don't get the artifact still. It does allow me to care even less about my power level for my equipment because I can still reach whatever max power is without actually leveling up my equipment. So I guess that's cool, but I I also don't get the artifact. Except for that it gives you seasonal mods, which I think is really smart. And maybe there's a way to do that for equipment too, where if they want to add another recluse or mountaintop, they attach it to something that goes away at the end of the season and they don't have access to it anymore. And they can kind of segment their 
sandbox between stuff that's here to stay forever and stuff that we know that's broken and it's sort of going to have to go away. Because here's the thing with sunsetting now being gone. I don't think that's real. I think some things are going to get sunset. They're going to make something that they're going to have to pull out of the game or nerf it until it's basically not the same weapon anymore. So it's not like they're agreeing we're never going to take something out of the game. They're just saying we're not going to make it part of our process that all weapons, you know, see the the end of their life cycle, which I I think is smart. But, uh, you know, if 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 they make another super broken weapon, they're going to have to address it. Yeah, I mean, they talked about fell winners and stuff that's already an outlier. So if they experiment and it gets too far, they are going to bring some stuff down. I totally get that. Some people were saying that's like, you know, and that's. I guess what they I would like to see them do for some of you like seeing the number up, use the artifact as that if that's what you want, because that's just like time in the game doing whatever you want to do versus like this random. I got to go here and do this one activity to do this. Now, do I like having to spend X number of hours in the game doing bounties and stuff just to be able to get like high enough so a Master Nightfall doesn't kill me? That's not great either. I would much rather, and when they talk about a deeper RPG, I would much rather go into strikes and then go into, you know, Nightfalls at hero level and get some gear that's like slightly higher power or does a little bit more damage. Like a real RPG. That's where I want them to really go. And I don't know if yeah. they're going to get there, but that's the part that's where I want to see the grind. It's like, hey, we've got some stuff that's like, well, these guys are a little harder to hit because it's master. Okay, well, I can go get my armor that gives me a little more damage mitigation and also come over here and get weapons that do more damage, not based on this arbitrary power level number. Because that whole yeah. number does tend to feel old. I feel like we could beat this to death and we already have, but... Yeah, yeah, we already have. But the, the, yeah, I, I kind of agree with you. There's like there's like this weird thing where the the grind... The grind is based on a number that you have to get rather than the content it's associated with. So like in most video games, if you want to do the end game activity, the grind is do all of the stuff before it and then you unlock that activity. Yep. But in our game, it's like, no, 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 you're you you finished all the story content the first three hours of the DLC. What we need you to do is we need you to go back and play old content for hours and hours and hours until your equipment gets up to a certain level. And then you can go into this end game activity and actually achieve it. And that to me is like bonkers. Like I don't understand why. Yeah. But, but anyway, yeah, we've, we've no, been I mean, this to death. There's like, definitely a progression. It's but. true. Like that's been the nice thing about last six months or so. Like I've been trying to play other things. I've been getting away from destiny. Like I'll get my time in and I'll play other things. Streams been seeing. It's like you play something like demon souls, you level up and you're facing things that's one thing about Destiny for me, and I know they do it for some balancing, but in Destiny, you literally never feel powerful. You can feel weak a lot of places, but you can still die everywhere. You don't ever get to feel mega strong. Like, there are some yeah. games you can, if you put your time in other games, you literally get to feel powerful. And in Destiny specifically, the highest level content, your artifact is kept. So then you get to that point, the people who put the most time, like when I saw somebody on Twitter, they were like, their artifact was like plus 62 or some asinine number where they have, you know, millions and millions of experience experience in there. I always wondered why, because it does you zero good at the top level stuff. They have the Delta where like, if you're 20 above everything, it doesn't do you any good. If you're a grandmaster, you could be 1360 right now, but if grandmaster is going to cap you at a certain point, 
I think for me, the biggest piece of Witch Queen is got to be the leveling system that I hope to see them do something. And I think that ties into the armor because the armor has to change too. And yeah. we'll get into that. But before we get there, we got to talk about your favorite topic, PvP. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. <laughs> uh, they said it's a simple vision, but it's one. Uh, they said direct player versus comp, direct player comp versus competition is essential in Destiny as an option to express mastery of your guardian and showcase the strength of your arsenal against other players. Now that is a legit statement that I approve of. And you also seem yes. to yes. pray to the crucible goddess. I pray at the altar of shacks. Uh, yeah, uh, <laughs> I, I love that um, because it is sort of just a mission statement. And what that says to me is like, hey, this is still a part of our vision for destiny, which I think is what a lot of people were wanting to hear. It's not the first time they've said this. And, you know, before when they did like season of the worthy uh, and they were like, hey, this season's all about. Bruce Crucible, there were people like me that were like, yes, they haven't forgotten about us. But <laughs> over time, the tendency has been whenever something goes wrong with Crucible, rather than trying to fix it, like they're very good about doing with PVE, they just drop it. Like when trials doesn't work, they just go trials is canceled. Yeah. Like that's gone. how they that's how they that's how they solve it when trials is bad is like it's canceled. We're not going to fix it. It's canceled. And that is, I think, the problem. Like even Season of the Worthy, it was just like. God, dude, this mode isn't working and Bungie knows it. But like and they even said like, oh, yeah, Trials has been gone for a long time because we really wanted to like make it good once it came back. And then it wasn't. And I was like, I kind of don't believe you. I don't believe that you put that much time into this. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, it, it, I, I mean, I, I in Bungie's defense, like I cannot imagine how hard it is to balance a competitive PVP, you know, sandbox yeah. with a game that is so pve and has so many weapons and so many pieces of armor it's not halo where there's 14 weapons and one set of armor it's all these different factors that i can't even imagine how hard it is but um you know a lot of a lot of uh people like myself that play a lot of crucible we do feel like we're second class you know it's I not mean, it's it, it, you, it, it it's yeah. not what the game's about it it's sort of it's something that they they added on and um I've I've felt like they've given up on it ever since they took vehicles out of Crucible. Like that was <laughs> Destiny One days. Literally, when they took vehicles out of Crucible, I was like, all right, yeah, they they gave up because that's like a mission shift. That's like they were like, hey, Destiny's going to be like Halo. Like you can get in a tank, you can do all the. It's going to have this fun like interplay between ships and people on the ground. And then they took that away, and I was just like, oh, they're stripping it. They're stripping it for parts and. It's felt like it. It's felt like they've been stripping it ever since. And there's been some parts where it goes up. They introduced trials, and it was like, okay, cool. Now we're getting something, but it. They've never really put a lot of time into it, and you can tell because there's so many things that have been broken for so long in Crucible. Skill based matchmaking was part of Crucible for years, and they didn't fix it. They took out Trials of the Nine because they said that it wasn't that good. And then they they never replaced it. I mean, how many times they didn't replace it for years? I mean, how, how many times does that happen with the piece of PVE content where they go, hey, this isn't working, so we're going to remove it and we're just not going to bring it back. It's just going to be gone forever, right? Yeah. Like that's never happened to a raid. They weren't like, oh, you know what? People don't really like the Leviathan raid, so that's gone. We're just going to take it out of the <laughs> you, game. Yeah, like, that not, didn't happen. That's never the, even been an option. Of course not. It's never even been on the table. And so it's it's crazy to me that that it's such a big part of their game and there's entire community around people that really like to play Crucible. 
and they've never really put their time into it. So I'm I'm just excited to hear them say it again, to give it another try. They're actually putting the resources into uh, you know solving the PC cheaters problem, which is huge. Uh, yeah, yeah, man. I like I I just I like Destiny. I want to play Crucible. <laughs> I. You know, I, I just I'm glad that they're, they they said that and th- I couldn't have been more happy. This was my fist pump. Oh, I mean, I believe that when I reached out, I was like, I know I've got my Crucible guy in, in the podcast today for sure. So for sure. Cognito, Cog- yeah, Cognito here, yeah. Travis has got you 100 uh, percent. I mean, even in chat, though, you're like, you know, a serious PvP bit like somebody's like, could you have mentioned a couple maps as well? <laughs> it wasn't in there. <laughs> it wasn't in there. Yeah, that's true. I mean, so they say a couple things. They have the simple vision. And they said, uh, when it comes to balance updates, they're dividing them into three major buckets. First, in Season 15. And this is one of those things that, for me, Season 15 could be six months from now. Like, and then they have the delay. Uh, We'll be addressing three-peaking. So for those of you in trials that don't like three-peaking, you better get comfortable. It's there for a good however long this season through May and then however long the next season is it's in 13 and 14 it's going to be there for a bit I'll, I'll be honest I think people are whiners about three peaking I, I actually don't even think it's that big of a deal but I there's people who are really really mad about it like oh you're cheating with a third person short I do agree with Bungie's statement that it's not the way their game was meant to be played right that 100% makes sense to me it's like if you're if you're you know, doing using an emote or carrying a sword with no ammo just so that you can use three person to see around a corner. Like, yeah, that's not really how it was intended. But in terms of like people actually being like, oh, if you three peak, you get like and it's like anybody can do it. It's not like they're doing anything. It's not like they're why don't you worry about them hacking the game and giving themselves in- instant reses? Like that's a way bigger problem. Yeah. Than Why are we even talking about three peaking? It doesn't make sense to me. As data driven, when you talk about like the hacking, hacking is being a big thing. I know they are such a data driven company and I can't tell you how many people I follow on Twitter, both sides of the spectrum and destiny, but a lot of PVP people are like, I played against this person. It's like 95% accuracy, 5.0 kill death ratio. Like, can't you have somebody just like in a spreadsheet be like, if you fall above a certain line, sort your spreadsheet your above here, <laughs> yeah. you're not doing so right. And it's just kind of one of those that's like, how, how is that stuff not a standout? And somebody be like, uh, well, you don't miss. We may not be seeing it, but we're going to go ahead and uh, put like somebody on you or reviewing game something to be like, those aren't real shots or something like to see if they're statistically out of there because they live off data. They have always talked about like if you made an auto rifle adjustment by like 0.12% or whatever that was a long time ago when they joked about that update like they they yeah. have the data to look at you know you have a 5.0 kill death ratio in trials and or every time you're down 1 to 4 you come back and win every match yeah there are certain things just as a data person you can go through and be like yeah somebody in there can do the analytics and i know somebody probably has done that and that's the unfortunate part so I wonder where the disconnect is in even just by data to not give people like a temporary ban. Maybe they're just really hopeful. Maybe they hope that there's somebody out there with a 24.0 KD who's just a god tier, never misses a shot. He never shoots unless he's really sure he's going to hit. Okay. <laughs> he just takes that extra time, put a little zhuzh on it. Right. Yeah. But he's looking uh, over maybe, here maybe and the guy's over it. there and he dies. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> 
You never know. I've I hey I've had a crucible <laughs> match where I had like a twenty something KD twenty point oh because because I didn't die. You know everybody has like yeah. a lucky match where they just don't die and get a bunch of kills. So. But on average, what what do you, what would you say your KD is probably on average? I know it's better than mine, but I'm oh, just it's curious. Terrible, really? No, mine's mine's awful because I I go into crucible to experiment with weapons. Well, that's and my fair. Go, yeah, I like I don't play crucible. I have two modes. I have I'm just playing around and trying out weapons and experimenting, and I have. I'm going to get sweaty when I'm when I'm sweaty. I'm good. Like I, I you know, have three, four point oh KD nice. a lot of times. But when I'm just messing around, like it varies so much. <laughs> like people, people who look me up at like my stats, they'd be like, what? This guy, this guy sucks. At Crucible because <laughs> How is I, he beating me right now? It, yeah. Yeah. And I, I also like I let for, I let like, you know, my girlfriend use my account and stuff like that. There's just a lot of like yeah. stuff like that. Where so basically just, what you're saying you is know. you're sandbagging. So your stats aren't out of whack. So your That's matchmaking, right. yeah, your yeah. matchmaking, you just That's want to be low in that matchmaking pool so you can make yourself feel good. I see how it is. Kind of, kind of accidentally <laughs> I'm doing that. Yeah, I just, I, and the other thing is that uh, if you, if you actually try to complete quests in uh, Destiny, it will ruin your KD. Like oh, I sort of just gave up on trying to have a, a high KD because it's like, oh, right now in, in, in Iron Banner, I'm, my entire play style is focused around getting power ammo so that I can get a couple power power ammo kills. Can like, we, can we talk right, about well, Iron Banner there for a second, please? Geez, please, please, let's talk about it. Uh, this quest, man, I'm still on the second quest step to get those power weapon kills. Yeah, that probably took me 10 matches. I might have got one, an average of one a match. There was one match I got two at the same time. I was like, yo! And then the next match <laughs> I got zero. And I was like, oh. And this is, I forget who, I think it was Fallout or Tassie or somebody was like, isn't this like the one thing we asked not to happen and it's back? That like, was Paul. Yeah. yeah. It was because I, I think I think Bungie even addressed it. They were like, hey, we realize people don't like power weapon kills as a requirement on a mission. And then I guess they have a short memory. It's back. I mean, this is just like the the 10 power level thing we were talking about. Yeah. Season of the Dawn. It's like they're repeating mistakes now. They've been around for so long. It's funny. But yeah, when you talked about like the stagnant nature of PvP, Iron Banner's got to be the worst defender because since Destiny 2 came out, hasn't changed now i was okay hasn't changed isn't completely right they slightly adjusted how control works with the locking of the points so you can have yes and they they adjusted the way the reward system works yeah so like those were changed but i mean we're getting armor from year one we're getting yep so like your trials armor we got some cool looking trials armor this season but iron banner hasn't seen a new set of armor in i don't know how long uh the mode hasn't got much they haven't brought back anything like rift they haven't done I mean, hardly anything. Or, so, like, if you're if you're if you're gonna do reissues everywhere else in the game, why wouldn't you reissue the cool Iron Banner armor from Destiny One? The fire you in the chest. Have that, like, dude, yeah, or the the knight armor where my oh. Titan looked like a dope, glorious knight with the nice uh, plumage yes, on his head. Yes. That was that was so cool. And I I don't know why that they wouldn't just reissue that stuff that you can't get in Destiny Two. But you're right. Like Iron Banner is is one of those things where it's like every time it comes, I know I'm gonna do it because. I wanted I want to do it at least once, you know, per year or per season yep. if they've got new weapons and equipment. And I want to finish it, but I never really look forward to it. It's comp without the sweatiness of actually playing comp. And it's the, uh, you know, terrible uh, quick play matchmaking system and the, the craziness of that. I do like that there's a lot of casuals in it. I have a lot of fun with that. <laughs> but other than that, like, you know, it, it really needs to get root. I cannot remember who said they were on here on the podcast and they were like i like being the raid boss the first oh it was mercules he's like i like being the raid boss in iron banner the first times it comes around because he levels up so much so every time he's just yeah. like 
you know, just stomping all over everybody the first time through. And that's the thing about Iron Banner. That's where power level actually matters. And it's one of those yeah. weird ones where I go to shoulder charge somebody and I almost don't kill him and then I can't and then I die. And I'm like, oh, yeah, that's in effect. You could be a little higher than me. Like this one's so quick. There's not a lot of that that I've run into. But usually about the second one in the season, if you're not doing the pinnacle grind. And again, that's that weird thing with the power grind. Like depending on how many pinnacles you go after, are you going to be those couple or, points or your high? luck? Your luck of if you get good drops. I, I have notoriously bad luck in Destiny and everything. Shout out to my people still searching for Isa tomorrow. <laughs> um, but yeah, like I, I just have bad luck at all that stuff. And I'm actually usually on the wrong side of the power grind in Trials and Iron Banner. Like because I just do Crucible, it's like some se- most seasons, I would say it's not a great way to level up just doing Crucible. Yeah. And, unless you do the raid three times a week and all that stuff, like all, all you crazy PvE people do. Uh, you're sort of just like, all right. I'm going to be a little bit behind the curve, but at least, you know, I've got skill on my side. So maybe I'll be able to be competitive. But yeah, I I hate that. I mean, that's the thing about the expansions too. Generally, we're going to get one raid this year. We get two. We'll talk about that in a bit. But especially that as well. It's like, you know, oh, what's the best way to level up? Run the raid again and again and again. And it's like, wow, the raid's cool. I don't mind doing it sometimes. But I get, yeah, the whole power grind is, yeah, we'll see. But. Uh, they also said they're going to look over the sand. Everything bump. comes back to the power grind. It's yeah that I, I'm hoping the Witch Queen really changes that up because that I think that's the one you see people like, hey, the season feels great, but the power grind is like the big giant asterisk at the end of everybody's comment about this season. The uh, battlegrounds feel pretty good. Lots of perks on weapons. You've got the new quest coming out, but the power grind. It always feels like it's there. So big giant Pixar sized booty out there. <laughs> Uh, so then we've got, uh, cross season 13 and 14. So current season and 14, they said they're going to be adjusting stasis in crucible in order to bring its overall effectiveness in line with our light subclasses. Here are some of the changes to expect behemoth Titan sad for us, decrease super damage reduction, increase super energy costs when performing light attacks. So you can't fly around, remove the freeze from the AOE on the cast and reduce traveling efficacy of shiver strike when slowed. That's a lot. It is a lot. It's also, I think Titans got the most nerfed, but to be fair, they haven't been Warlock's hit yet. <laughs> got that early, Warlock's got that early stasis nerf and no one uses that subclass anymore. So I think it's probably fair. Revenant Hunter decreased yeah. withering blade damage and tracking. I've heard some people say that like, why is it 91 damage and you have two of them? So that one makes sense. I've heard pretty high PvP people talk about that. Decrease the slow stacks applied to targets and also remove shatter dive damage reduction completely now it was reduced before and now it's nothing so i guess you'll be a little easier to kill while you fly through the air i'm not that good but maybe cheaters can kill him now i don't know there you go uh for the shade binder fix a bug where the ice flare bolts wouldn't track towards targets immediately on creation the stuff that i saw the new ice flare bolts were so broken it's just like he's right here and he's like nope i'm not gonna fire at him did you see that type where it was yeah, broken I yeah, yeah. So there, is this actually a buff to a stasis class then? They're I buffing that? They're buffing so the Shadebinder Warlock. So that it will, yeah, that's yeah. funny. Uh, fix <laughs> Everybody a bug. gets a debuff and they <laughs> increase the buff. For Once, warlock. as usual, they take the Warlock thing, they nuke it into the ground, do some other things, and then finally bring the Warlock thing back up like they do with Nova Bomb, or uh, Nova Warp. Yep. Uh, decrease the Crystal Shatter damage just everywhere in PvP, it seems. And uh, fix a bug where Shade Binder super projectiles were not tracking until a certain distance was traveled. 
So I guess if you're right it's next to buff. me, I could miss. Yep. I don't play a warlock, so don't know. Right. That's right. It's uh that's common. That's yeah, gotta Hilarious. we're two Titans in here. We're too uh we're too biased in our opinions. That's today. right. We're broing it up today, aren't we? I mean, you know, Titan chat. So didn't, didn't bring my crayons. It's too bad. <sighs> yeah. Forgot mine too. Probably because <laughs> I ate too many. All right. Four <laughs> season. For season 15, we're looking also at a universal adjustments to stasis by increasing damage reduction when frozen to provide more survivability to the victim. I mean, I guess that helps some, but also if you're frozen, you're still frozen. So you're still kind of a sitting target. So I don't know if yeah. it's going to change that much. Maybe in like, you know, one of those moments where somebody saves you, they might save you a little quicker or actually be able to save you, I guess. Yeah, I'll be honest, I don't I still don't really even understand how these stasis rules work now. I feel like sometimes I'm frozen for like one second and I'm like, OK, that wasn't that bad. And then other times I'm frozen for like five and I'm like, what is happening? Why am I frozen <laughs> for so long? Uh, I, I don't really understand how how that works out. But yeah, it's. They I don't know how you fix stasis in PvP, man. I have no clue. And they got so much closer with now you only getting frozen for two seconds, but you're still frozen for two seconds. They might as well just make grenades instant kill. If this was the D1 sandbox where a lot of things were one hit kills like shoulder charging and sticky grenades were one hit kills and all that. I think it would be a totally different conversation because then you'd go, oh, well, stasis is worse. You know, you have to not only get the hit to freeze them, but then you have to hit them afterward to kill them. That would be different. But in D2, where nothing's a one hit kill, it sort of is like, what? Like, it, it, you're just too many things are one hit kills, essentially, if you can freeze them. So I'm glad that they're addressing it. Yeah. And then they also said following stasis tuning, they will also focus on light subclasses and release a set of targeted buffs to our most underutilized specializations. Um, our sledgehammer could use a little work, for example. Yeah. Because I never use that. I, 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 I can't think of the last I time forgo- I used that. I forgot that was in the game. Right. I forgot it was in the game. It's top I literally, or bottom. I was, ta- I was talking about how Titans didn't have a throwable melee. And somebody was like, what about the little hammer? And I went, it like blew my brain. I was like, I forgot <laughs> that was in the game. It, like, I forgot that was, that was even in the game. It's so funny. I mean, that's that's our subclass, and that tells you how much little how little we play it, being as it's something we should know about and you smooth forgot. That tells you how yeah. little it gets used. I, I also forgot that the 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 subclass that I was most excited about when uh Forsaken was coming out was the one where you're the commander with the shield yeah. and you can buff bullets that go through your shield and yep. you're you're kind of like the leader. I was like, dude, that's so cool. I'm I'm like a nerd for support classes with the titan i was a bubble titan in d1 and and just like love that concept and then uh i forgot i like literally i never use it i just use the bubble like i i've i think they nerfed it or they made it stop stacking with well and so nobody wanted to use it anymore like yeah they they did something where just but i remember for a while that was hot like people were using it as like strats for damaging bosses and stuff and i was like this is awesome i'm gonna be captain america forever and now i just don't couldn't tell you anything about that class. I haven't used it in so long. The only thing I used it for was when trying to work on like soloing um, zero hour. The void grenade on the tanks, as it would continue to tick damage, you'd have your grenade recharged by the time the tank was dead. That's the only main oh. piece besides what you're saying, the buff. But it's the only thing is like having the grenade and the chain explosion. That's the other piece yeah. is the grenade chain explosion, like one and you get like 10 people explode almost like cosmology. That's the cool part about it. But yeah, as you said, it's 
Yeah, it's still su- some people said it's still superb in GMs. So with Ursa Furiosa, you can get about 50% of it back. Hmm. It has some benefit, apparently, but yeah, it's for me, it still has... I've never seen anybody use it, and it's definitely not like a meta in... It's never part of a strat for like a raid or anything like that. It's just sort of... No. You know? Which is yeah. what it should be, though. Be like, it should be able to do enough of a buff so that you should be able to do the same DPS with five people you could do a six. Now, something yeah. like Atrax, you're never going to use it, but that's a whole different story. Yeah. Uh, finally, they want to continue to adjust weapon archetype performance and introduce new perks that shift the meta in Crucible. I think the team has done a great job in this area over the last several months, introducing balance changes uh, both at the seasonal boundaries and at the midseason. And we want to continue to drive down the, this path to diversity, to diversify the types of loadouts you encounter from season to season. In addition, at season 15, we'll also be looking to adjust overall ability usage rates to make sure gun and gun play are always key to success in crucible i wanted to get your thoughts on that because that's one thing i've heard a lot of places that it's the guns have been in a pretty good place but the abilities are so prevalent you don't really get that much gun play in the first place yeah i'd say i agree with that um the first strat for like any encounter if you're getting ready to like face off against people in crucible especially in trials where it's a little bit more tactical and and kind of cautious less like Less like uh, nuts, like just Iron Banner free for all, where you're not even in the same party with people, uh, or you know, voice party. Um, is is the fir- the go to is like how are you going to use your abilities, right? People use those stasis grenades that yank you out of cover. Now uh, that's like a you know probably the most popular strat, or they'll throw a knife or a uh, a, a ninja bomb where it puts the smoke everywhere. They're always trying to come up with some strategy to kind of like start off kick off the the gun encounter and then the guns are always kind of just secondary like hey hey, this is how we finish the job the exception to that is like people who are just cheesing bastion or just you know sliding around with the shotgun (laughs) uh but i would say that if it if it's not that like how often do you see people just like peeking each other with pulse rifles and one of them isn't trying to like throw a grenade or something like that i mean not often i mean casuals like me running around in a random control sure you'll see that every so often but like High level stuff, probably never. It's yeah. not just doesn't so. come down to gunfights. It's like, can this grenade pull one person out that everybody team shots and then you're at an advantage and then just start going crazy. And it's, uh, I, yeah. yeah. So guns, but that's so weird is that like, finally that people, a lot of people will say the sandbox is in a decent place generally for a lot of guns. Now hand cannons still have their popular loose, their use. And again, like 120s are pretty crazy right now. Um, but overall... Guns Shotguns being, are dominant. Yeah. I mean, Fell Winters no, isn't I, going I, I anywhere, too. I don't know too. if they ever won't be. I don't know if they ever won't be dominant shotguns. Yeah. I Fusion mean, it's, rifles. Yeah, you're right. They're. Uh, but yeah, I mean, shotguns for sure. It's, and that's, again, like playing corners and stuff. But when people have the mobility that they do to pair with a shotgun, Destiny is built around mobility. And especially things like the slides and the dashes and like the Warlock mobility. Some, sometimes I'm astounded, astounded how much a Solar Warlock can move and how quick. The dashes yeah. and stuff that they have when I'm sitting there as a Titan, I'm like, I feel like I'm stuck to the floor. <laughs> Depending. And again, mobility is where the skill ceiling continues to rise for high level people because those are you feel very slow when you watch a good person play because they're moving so fast and in so many different ways. I'm just like trying to focus on, you know, aiming decently down a hallway and trying to hit my shots and they're in the air flying sideways doing their shots from there. I'm like. Yeah, that's another level. So, I mean, it's, it's, I got to play with Ares and Kami Cakes 
And just listening to them play, I was backpacked for sure. But listening to them play, it's just like, it's another level. It really is, which is cool to see that that much skill is able, like you could learn to be that good over time. You could work on being that well, but it's also, it's a different level sometimes, which is always fun to watch. Yeah, I've been told I'm like a titan that plays like a hunter because I slide and hop around constantly, you know. I mean, that's what you that's you what you, you should be doing from what I understand. Yeah, you just don't see a lot of titans that play that way organically. Well, but thank I, you for I holding up the banner way. for us. We appreciate it. Hey, man. Yeah, I don't eat crayons. I actually read the lore and I uh, jump around in Crucible and, you know, I'm d- making us proud over here. You, you're you better than me. I had like a couple a couple okay plays with them, but most of the time I was like, all right, I'm just trying to follow somebody, stay near, and try and help team shot. It's all I was trying to do. But yeah, communication Nothing too. Wrong with that. I mean, yeah, Staying I was almost better dead a couple team. times, just like as I could tell them where they were. Sometimes it helps. Yeah. Um, they said, of course, gameplay balance only matters when the underlying playing field is fair, and unfortunately, cheating continues to be a significant issue, especially on PC. Uh, so they said they're aiming to nearly double the size of Bungie's game security team this year, reflecting on our long-term commitment to fair play. We've begun regular surveys to better understand your experiences with cheating and to measure our progress. This new data enriches our existing streams uh, from player reports. Thank you for reporting. Um, we begin a stra- we, we've begun a strategy of aggressive legal action against cheat developers. You may have seen news articles of some of our early actions here. We will continue to pursue those who undermine fair play using every tool at our disposal, both in partnerships with our studios and under our new flag. Uh, and then they say, we'll share more news on security when they can. They're working on it, but they're never going to, you know, show their hand per se, just like in poker, but they're going to try and at least they're trying to show that they're working on it. But a lot of people are like anti-cheat. Would you, how, cause I mean, you have what Valorant went like almost literally to the kernel of your PC. Like how much of an anti-cheat yeah. would you be comfortable with to have a, like quality game of destiny. How much would you be okay with? Mm. Um, it's a good question. I don't really know the answer. I guess I'm, I'm used to, I avoid PC because I know it's sort of the wild west and that's my, that's my expectation. And I think people who play PC kind of assume that they're, they're, they're like, yeah, this is the Wild West, and I agree to the terms of, of that. Otherwise, I would have you know bought a PlayStation. Um, but I don't really know. I, th- I think I, I don't know if there's I don't know if there's a way to win the fight against cheaters on PC. You know, to me, it's like the never ending battle. First off, it's a never ending battle. You know, they're they're always going to be back. And uh, there's not um, there's not one fun thing that a PC gamer hasn't tried to make unfun. Like that's basically their, <laughs> that's their, their philosophy. Uh, sometimes with crucible, I don't really know. I guess, um, I guess because I'm a console guy, my philosophy would be like, yeah, do whatever you need to like, get in there, let them, if you're, if your game isn't a game that's designed to have mods, for example, this is a yeah, live service game. So absolutely. It's not, it's not like you see people, you know, dressed like Tommy, the tank engine, uh, <laughs> in in destiny because of mods so if if your game isn't made for mods then just lock it down i'd say but i think one of the i i give pc people a lot of crap but like one of the things that is beautiful about pc is that it is kind of the wild west it's an open platform and you can see crazy stuff like mods in it but i think there's some games where it hurts more than it helps and i i think destiny is one of those games where like you don't want players tinkering around with the 
the the way the game performs and that sort of thing. So I I think uh, I I think they should just lock it down, do whatever they need to do to just make sure that cheaters can't get away in there. I mean, do you think they would ever go dedicated servers? And Um, because that would be one way to counter it theoretically. Yeah, I I was under the impression that Destiny uses some sort of technology that makes use of dedicated servers. You're going into their server when you play. Um, but I know that they use peer-to-peer for matchmaking. I, I maybe I don't know enough about the technology here, but I remember uh, reading something similar where let's say it's a hybrid combination of both, depending yeah, on what they, activity they do you're some, doing. They do something that involves dedicated servers, but I trust that if if it was as easy as like, oh, let's get dedicated servers, they would have done that already. I mean, I, Activision had like big pockets. I, yeah. I I I feel like that can't be how easy it is to solve the problem. But again, I, I'm not, I don't want to be an armchair developer. Like this is one of those things where I say, I think they should make it a priority. I think they should do everything they can to stop the cheating on PC so that I can play with some of my PC friends uh, that won't join me on console. But um, you know, I'm not going to pretend like it's an easy problem to solve or they're not actually trying it. I I'm more concerned with like, the problems that they aren't trying to solve in PvP, <laughs> you know, like the fact that they haven't added a map in like a year or yeah. however long, like th- those sorts of things where it's just like, all right, well, cheating's a big problem, but I play on console, I avoid the problem altogether. Like, like, why is it that they don't care about Crucible? Period. Like, yep. is is the fact that cheaters haven't been addressed a symptom of the fact that they just aren't putting their priorities in PvP, or you know, what's the issue there? So. Yeah, when you see cheaters in Gambit, you're like, what are you doing? But that's a whole other thing. Um, I can't believe people are doing that. That's I, so crazy. It still blows my mind. I'm like, you. What, why don't people do it in raids? Is that a thing? I guess we just never hear of raid groups that cheat. But I like, mean, they, I feel like the, well, they said they would like do their like data analysis of a raid if they cheated. So if you're going for a raid for, race. For the world first. Yep. But I've just never heard of people cheating in raids, period. I guess that's true. I mean, I feel like you just like nuke things faster if like every sniper shot. But I guess, I don't know. Interesting. Yeah, because I guess most of the time you die to a white mechanic. I don't know if you Usually, can yeah. cheat around that. Or maybe you can get like somebody to res right after they, I don't know. I really, really don't understand why that doesn't hmm. happen. I, I just don't get cheaters, man. I don't have that philosophy in my brain. <laughs> I don't understand why you would do that. Yeah. But on a positive note, they said they are targeting an overhaul of Trials of Osiris reward structure and matchmaking paradigms to release before the end of this year. Again, this is another one of those three peaking season 15 trials before the end of the year. This stuff is going to be a while. It does seem yep. like they have aspirations to do some substantial things to PvP, but it does seem like it hasn't when they said the renewed focus for PvP. Um they're taking their time to get there, it seems like. it's. I wouldn't call it a focus. <laughs> Not a high priority. I think it's a, yeah. I think it's a recommitment to PvP, but I don't think it's a focus. I don't think PvP will ever be in the spotlight of Destiny. And you know what? I think I'm one of the PvP players who's actually like, I'm okay with that. I think if I wanted to play a PvP game where like the PvP sandbox was perfect and built around PvP, I wouldn't be playing Destiny. The reason I play Destiny is because it's attached to a larger ecosystem and a friends group and there's other stuff to do. And the fact the fact that PvP is as good as it is when it's not the main focus is part of the appeal. It's like, oh, it's one thing you can do in this larger world that's also really great. Um, but, you know, the 
it, it, I, I don't think that PvP should be the main thing they focus on. That's crazy to me, like that they would even consider like, oh yeah, PvP is like where we're putting all of our resources and now, you know, the storyline is like secondary. Like, yeah. That 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 to me doesn't seem like it'll ever happen. Like they're probably going to leave that to Call of Duty and Fortnite, where you know the PvP is is what they do, and then if there's any story content, it's sort of secondary. Destiny is like the opposite of that. Yeah, I mean Trials has been one of those things that has you know kept Destiny afloat in some pretty tough times, especially in year in Destiny One. Trials was one of those things on the weekends people would play fairly consistently, being as that was about the only thing to do. So it is one of those pieces that has continued between Vault of Glass, Trials of Osiris. Those have been a couple feathers in their cap that have given Destiny longer legs than it probably should have without them. And yeah, totally. so, I mean, it's like it's a piece that people still it, like Trials still has a decent draw. You see people streamers come out to do that content and they get big turnouts and people want to go through and maybe some of this stuff will help. Uh, they do say three points they want to work on. Improve the overall health of the Trials matchmaking pool, both by incentivizing a wider audience to engage and better defining separation of skill tiers. I'd be very curious how they do those. Rebuilding the Trials reward structure so that encourages more players to stick to their objective or, or their active cards longer. Our current structure encourages a lot of recycling cards after a single loss, meaning the first games of your Trials card has a higher chance of being incredibly challenging. Yup, that's why I don't play. Uh, we want to build a reward structure that continually pushes higher skill players to want to progress deeper into their card even after a loss, making three and five wins more achievable for more players. And number three, investigate opportunities for solo players. Please. I read this one. I was like, you got freelance in a couple other places. Why not? Uh, we believe this will not only make the matchmaking pools healthier, but also encourage more players to see what Trials is all about and hopefully form social connections after other PvP-loving guardians. Lots of good things in this one. The first one is just like incentivizing a wider audience to engage. So I think that's good. No notes. <laughs> it's like, where's the sub bullet point? How are you going to do that? Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, I, I have no idea how they're going to do it, but they say that that's something they want to tackle. Good. That's that's been a problem ever since the relaunch and season of the chosen or worthy. So, yeah. Uh, the second one, rebuild the trials reward structure. I think that's the biggest thing. I mean, I've seen yep. Kujay do his entire 30-minute video about redoing trials. I mean, the reward structure now is, I mean, that's why I said it literally in the middle of that sentence was, for me, I had helped to get my three-win card. I got Messenger a couple, and then I got help to go to a five. But for me, right now, you get z you get nothing for a loss. You theoretically go in there with a bad team and get nothing for hours and hours of work, and that no one wants to play that. There is zero benefit, so your time is not valued at all. That the And as they said, how do you make it engaged to a wider audience? Freelance would be one, and they kind of cover that in solo players. And then also the idea that whether high skill should be rewarded, but low skill should not get nothing, and should be able to grind for some things. Now, can you get an adept weapon as a crap player? I don't think so. I think the Adept should be something that's up there for the chase. But on the other side, not getting enough tokens for even one random roll, that feels terrible too. Yeah, it does. I, I So I have a few concerns about the three points they made. On the, the second point, I really don't. Like, th that's correct. They should fix that. The first point, I have a little bit of concern about um, 
what they say about matching people in skill. Oh, better defining separation of skill tiers. Yeah, that scares me. Um, Skill-based matchmaking wasn't something that I thought was healthy, and I especially don't think it's healthy in trials where it seems like the metric they should be using for matchmaking is ticket status, right? The status of the ticket, how many losses, how many wins, that sort of stuff. And the skill part of it makes me wonder if it's going to be technically easier for people on lower skill tiers to go to trials because they're playing lower stakes matches against people that aren't as good. Um, that, that makes me a little troubled. And then for the third point, uh, what was the third point again? Who even uh, just investigate opportunities for solo players. Solo the players. Match, 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 they're trying to make the matchmaking, make matchmaking. pools healthier. Yeah, so that one I also have a little bit of concern about because it's sort of like why we don't have matchmaking for raids, right? Because you kind of can't do a raid unless people are talking. Yeah. To me, trials, obviously, you could do it without having a team communicate. Like, I've even done that before where we all just turn off our mics and, and just play trials, you know? I've, I've done that before. But it, it's my problem with it is more that it's not really in the spirit of what trials is. Trials is about like making call outs and working as a team and kind of like figuring out how to get to that higher level, that higher playing level of like of crucible. Um, and I feel like if you add it, it doesn't really it doesn't really force people to do that. It also doesn't really force you to make crucible friends like I met a lot of great trials teams just doing LFG in trials and then meeting cool people and being like, hey, let's do this next week. That was awesome that we went flawless. And I, I kind of will miss that if there's just a, a method for people to go in solo. And so it it's it's not that I'm afraid it's going to break trials. I think, if anything, adding the ability to play solo will improve the player base, which ultimately is better for trials. I'm more worried about like what we lose from trials as part of Destiny's culture. I I, I worry about that part of it more than anything. That said... Trials is so broken and not fun right now. I'm willing for them to try anything. <laughs> ignore all of my ignore all of my complaints. They are minor compared to the fact that trials needs to be addressed. And like at this point, I'm not going to nitpick on your decision making on this because I know right now can't be how it continues to be. So like do whatever, like ignore me completely as long as trials get some some love because I think it badly needs it. And and while I'm at it, while I'm while I'm complaining as I'm as I want to do. Uh, stop canceling trials. Like <laughs> if something's broken, just let it be broken for a weekend. It's not that big of a deal. If I don't want to play trials because something's broken, I just won't play it. But if I do want to play it and it's broken, then we get to have another laser tag weekend. Stop canceling it. You know, just let it just let it run its course. That's what I have to say. That's fair. Yeah, just leave it leave it in the game, please. Like I think yeah. you canceled. Tried to rehash it brought back the old after trying to really rework it and then you just reworked it into destiny one, which was hilarious. Laser tag was fun. Um, I never actually thought about the whole, the spirit of trials because that's as more of a casual PVP player. I don't think of PVP as much that way. So like, you know, the bonds you see the teams that people play with, they're like weekly groups that you see people running. I mean, there are bonds when you have like, like going through an entire trials card with the same person. Oh, we got to the lighthouse. It was an awesome run. Those are memorable moments, especially for some people's like first time, or if they get some consistent people to do that over a weekend, that's true. Now, something like in-game matchmaking for trials, like Mike, like however you do, like some way to do like in-game matchmaking on more of like a, maybe a 
solo match made type thing where it's like have to have mics on, have to be able to chat. However, something like that would be nice to see a way to get people to try it, but have a way, you know, in game, I guess. I know the LFG sites, I've used them too. It's like I would say, go use an LFG site because they're beneficial. And I've met some really cool people doing that. It's how I had used to do some old raids. But on the other side, it would be nice to see something. I mean, as you said, you could throw the entire playlist trials up in the air and see what lands, and it can't be worse than it is right now, potentially, because it's in a bit of a struggle. The skill pieces, it's weird, too. Because I know, like, because I come from the other side on skill-based matchmaking. Because I hear some people like, oh, I just don't want to be sweaty all the time. I'm like, okay, so what you're saying is you want to stomp on the little, you're, you want to have fun in some matches, and by your fun, it means stomp on the little guy. And they're like, well... I also want to have, you know, I don't want to be like tense every single match. And it's like, I kind of get, I get both sides. But when it is competitive to a point, I feel like skill should be somewhat in there. Somebody said like, could you do skill-based matchmakings for maybe the first few games to make sure some people get a chance to be in low levels. And then after you start getting there kind of blended as you go like four, five, six, seven, eight, or however many and like blended into more of the card being a focus, the higher you get. So some people get into those first three wins, get a feel. That might help the solo players a little bit as well, get matched a little better. Again, it's like, they. I would love to see, they had Crucible Labs at a point. They never used that. They used it for a couple random tests on, they used it for a couple eliminations, they used it for like a random showdown thing and something else. There could just be sometimes where like, hey, trials, this, you know, for a couple weeks we're going to try skill-based matchmaking and one through three. Four and five, we're going to fade like less skill and card are going to be kind of balanced. And then when you get to the top three that you got to go for, maybe those are very heavily card weighted. Some blend between the two. That actually isn't bad. Itux said that in chat. And I think that could be one where you have, you know, a balance for both. As you said, card being important in the top, especially for the lighthouse, that should be your, you know, seven to seven duel potentially. But in the bottom, I don't want to go against Kami Cakes because that's not even going to be a challenge. So, I think that's a good solution, actually. I didn't think about that, but I think I think that is a good solution. My my concern and, and I'm not one of those guys who wants to go up against people who are super below my level. It's more that I don't want to have the sweatiest games ever and then have some team just because there's a large pool of people who are in the lower tier of matchmaking that yeah. they're getting to the lighthouse and being like, oh, yeah, we got there and. You know, wasn't and, even that hard. Didn't like the whole point of trials is that if you want to get to seven, you have to get better. You have to improve. And like you should be able to win three or four matches because the pool is larger and it's a lot of people yep. who are trying to work their way up the ladder. But you shouldn't be able to get to seven just by, you know, by keeping your current skill level. Yeah. You should be forced to skill up as part of the game mode. Like that's part of the fun. You don't you don't feel good about winning a raid if you if you clear it on your first try, you feel good because you wipe 20 times and then you finally beat it. And it's like, yeah, I did it. You know, it's that feeling of beating a dark souls boss. Oh, you get to absolutely. Fist um, and, and that's, that's why people like it. it. It's the same with trials. You value a trials win because when you get to the lighthouse, there's that big lift off your chest. You're just like, Oh, we got through it. We beat them. We got better. And then it makes you want to play more. Um, and that's just another thing that makes me worry about like, the spirit of trials and what it does as like a community thing. Like that's mostly what my concern is when I think of like what we want to fix in trials. I think people who say, Oh, I don't want to be sweaty every match. I don't want to like go up against the best people all the time. It's like, whatever you should have to face those people during game six or seven. Anyway. Yeah. 
You're going to get there eventually. Yeah. If what you want is to stomp on players who are worse than you, then make a free account and do it on, (laughs) do it that way. You know what I mean? Like there's lots of ways to do it, but. No, I mean, trials is, they want that to be aspirational. And this like compared to a grandmaster nightfall, grandmaster nightfalls have a lot of weight. I have my issues with grandmasters, but that's for a whole other podcast. Um, but they do want trials to be aspirational because they've set that as the pinnacle in PvP to go after these adept weapons. Hence, Grandmasters kind of as the counterpoint. And again, it's the same piece of like the time you put in. But also for PvP, it's another thing. Like Ascendant Nomad, we had him on a little while back and he did a good video about how to revamp comp. Comp has been the like redheaded stepchild of who gives a damn what happens to this playlist. They did freelance in there, which helps for, you know, leveling up every season, which isn't going to matter anymore. So now comp really has zero purpose again. So that's sad. Unless they make it a pinnacle, which I think they kind of have to. I think everything has to be a pinnacle or what's the point? <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Um, and then what's the point in pinnacles? So then we're back to. <laughs> we're then just... it's just, why is it called a pinnacle? Yeah. It yeah, doesn't make any sense. Weird. Um, but like the glory playlist would be another thing that could get a lot of people to get more into, into as you said, trying to find that way to. And that's why I think ladder systems would be good. I played StarCraft and I was never that great at it. But like StarCraft, I think it was one where I played in the ladder system and you're like, I'm in gold two. And there's a chunk of players in my group. And I'm like, okay, I see the people I'm going to play up against. This guy's a little bit higher than me. I go against them. Okay, they got me. I fell down a little bit. I played. Oh, I beat this person. I bumped up. And you can see that little progression that you go through. Because as you said, I don't want to play against people who are completely terrible, even against me. I'm I'm okay. I'm like, Probably literally a 1.0 KD, just like average dude. Some people that I'm like, yep, I'm better than you. And there's a lot of people who are better than me. I don't want to play against people who are worse than me all the time because I actually don't get better. When I played with like Cammy and Mary's and probably even like playing with you and like high skilled people, I learn a lot doing that. But also if I play against somebody who's too good, I don't have a chance to learn anything. There's no chance to be like, well, hey, this worked because we tried this and hey, this call out helped. It's everything happens so fast between a huge skill disparity. The person at the bottom doesn't get much out of the match. So as you said, there's some, there's got to be a balance to find a way to have somebody for one, they need incentive to get into the playlist, whether it be comp or trials. And then from there, Mm -hmm. find some way to where they do like get to learn, but also don't get stepped on. And then as you said as well, but in the end, like the card still needs to challenge. That's why that blend of like the skill based actually isn't bad. But the incentive needs to be there for all of it. Yeah, I agree. And I think the comp playlist is a whole different problem than trials. Like it's sort of its own issues. But I agree. I think a ladder system would be the best solution. And I think you get you should give people better rewards the farther up the ladder they are. So if they advance to the next ladder, then they get unlock bonuses and then maybe they get more XP or whatever per match completion for for continuing to play in and win matches in that ladder. Um, And then it gives people incentive to move up the ladder. But if you're stuck and you've kind of maxed out your skill level, you're kind of, you know, you're in gold two, you're not going to be able to get any higher Then you at least get something that silver two doesn't because they haven't gotten up to your level yet. I think that that would be great for um, comp for, for trials. I don't think it, it, it makes sense because you don't want, you don't want separate skill levels for trials because the whole point is that it's like survival of the fittest right, right? Like, yeah i mean that's the seven to, that's the 77 match exactly there's exactly there's yeah. going to be a winner and loser on those and that's kind of the point of it's a weekend event it's not like a season-long grind up and down the ladder and seeing where you fall but again it's like you've totally. got to have stuff in there and i wanted to ask you just because i haven't probably asked you too much 
the adept mods are they is the whole adept system worth it working for you or not oh yeah you're gonna hate my answer here uh i have not played trials <laughs> i had uh <laughs> i've not played it oh is that true? No, it, yeah, actually, it is true. I, I didn't play it the first weekend. I wasn't high enough power. Mm -hmm. I just, I I didn't level up enough. And then this past weekend, wait, has it only happened one weekend so far? Or has it happened twice? We're on week three, so twice. Yeah. It's happened twice. Oh, yeah, and the second weekend I was just busy. Yeah, it was Messenger it was like and then the weekend. crazy hand cannons. So, yeah, we've had two weekends. That's, that's right. That's right, the hand cannon. So, yeah, I've had two weekends. This weekend, I am 1,300 power. And I am free, so I'm going to be playing trials this weekend, and I will find out Goodbye, if those friends are worth it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But the, the last weekend was her birthday, and then the weekend before that was I was not high enough power, so I just haven't gotten in there. Yeah, I said that on Fireteam chat, and they gave me a bunch of shit for it. So <laughs> I'm gonna because they both did play. They but like Paul, Tassie, and Brian were both like, "Yeah, we did trials," and I was like, "I haven't played it yet." <laughs> They're like, "Oh, you idiot!" Um, so yeah, I need to get in there. But I'll tell you, I'm going to get adept weapons this weekend. Just watch. So I was going to say, though, is that enough of do you think those are good enough rewards for the flawless chest? No. No, I, I was like, a, I was like, for me, they're not incentive for me to go do a grandmaster either. For sure. Oh, no, I would never do a grandmaster strike. Dude. Those things are hor I, at least my experience that first <laughs> season when they introduced them. I was like, yeah. this is awful. It's like, <laughs> hey, do you want to get killed by a scion in one shot? No. <laughs> well, have fun. Yeah, because that's gonna... what this game mode is. Oh. Yeah, like I, I hated that. So, um, yeah, I don't think it's enough. Like I, I'm actually I'm really weird in that I'm a comp player, but I don't really care about perks that much. Like I, I obviously like God rolls and that sort of stuff, but I never... I almost never like seek out and like grind for a god roll because for me, I'm like, you know, if it's a good weapon and has good base stats, I'll be able to win a match with it. Like, I'm I'm not the type of guy who's like, oh, well, if it doesn't have outlaw and rampage, like, how am I going to be competitive in crucible? Like, it, I'm not super worried about that. So, um, yeah, for me, it's not enough. I would really like if there were unique mods or something in there that you could only get in that mode, like in Trials and Destiny 1, where you could get primary weapons that had uh an, an element like that's yep. huge that's like a game changing event where it's like all right i'm going flawless in trials there's no way like i'm missing out on that i think they need some sort of big game changer like that 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 makes people want to jump into those modes because there's just nothing there's nothing unique there's nothing you can only get there that that changes the game in any major way that's my problem with it yeah, I mean, I'm with you and that's why i was like in for grandmasters i went through and got conquer once mostly because i got dragged um I knew so two people who were willing to take me through and then playing through, I kind of understood like they had their strategies, they had their certain points, but it is also depending on the strike and depending on what's going on. Like one of the ones we did was, um, it was the one that was on Mercury and it was the big round one with the big Hydra boss. hundred percent. cheese the crap out of that one. Um, yeah. And it's just like the, the idea with adept weapons, whether it be trials, the carrot needs to be worth the effort. Now, some people like EK has an entire vault full of exotics that he's masterworked because he's done, he's carried so many people through Grandmaster Conquerors. He just is like rolling in exotics. I was like, cool, you are rare. <laughs> there are not a lot of you to say like, hey, this is worthwhile. But for the average person, if I'd be like, ask my brother, do you want to do Grandmaster? No. Do most people want to? Probably not because the time, effort, like the specific loadout that you have to go through isn't worth it. Same thing with Trials. Is the average person going to see trials as worth their time and effort to be like, is the gun cool? Eh, 
It's not worth the go flawless, but if I can get the normal gun down here, not the adept version, is it going to be that much of a difference for most people? No. I got a messenger yep. with Outlaw and Desperado. I got one of the miracles on my four drops. I got the lucky one. Now, do I care about going after Adept? 100% could care less. Like, I got that enough, and I got it for a three win. It's fine. That's cool. That's how you get some incentive for some people to get in the playlist. But the Flawless needs to be worth it. And that's where, again, I come back to Armor not being worth it either. Like, Armor out of... Armor just needs a rework, so that's fine. But I won't go too far down that hole. But that's the piece is... Like, Adepts on both sides just don't feel like enough, especially when some of the Adept mods have a give and take. None of those should have a give and take at all. They should only be better. To go through that much effort to give you something that isn't, like, just a benefit just kind of boggles my mind a little bit. Yeah, I I, I agree. I think, um, you know what would be good to put in Trials? You should be able to get, like, a material that lets you masterwork an exotic that doesn't have a catalyst. Oh, that would be worth it. That'd it be, doesn't it, give you an extra perk. It doesn't give you like some some new catalyst perk. It just lets you masterwork it so that you can get, generate orbs right on a on a on a exotic that doesn't have a catalyst yet. At some point, hopefully that isn't a thing, but there's still some of them. Yeah, yeah, there's there's a lot of them, I think. And if they're going to continue to release uh, weapons that don't have catalysts, then maybe that could be something. I don't know. My point is that there's lots of there's lots of room to grow in destiny and things that we don't have that we should. And it would be nice. What if, what if trials and grandmaster nightfalls was the way that you were able to slot equipment into your, uh, your collections and pull it out. Yeah. I mean, what if that's what it was. I was like, you would piss, would off, you would piss plan, off a lot of people. Oh my you God. Would piss off a lot of people, but if that was the way to do it, like <laughs> everyone would be playing trials. Everyone would be doing grand Master nightfalls. If that was a thing, I, I'm just saying yeah. with all the, with all the issues that there are in destiny, there's gotta be one of them you could solve by putting it behind an end game activity that would make people become like foaming at the mouth for it. That's I mean, awesome. even what was it? Glass needles from destiny one rerolling exotic stats. I have the exotic already. Well, now I can go farm them in Lost Sectors. So that's basically doing the same thing. But I do have a Phoenix right. Cradle. The roll just sucks. Well, if I go through and do a Grand Master, you can get this thing. Now, some people just sit there and farm a thousand. And again, they I feel and Division had the issue with this. They don't need they don't need to tailor completely to casual, but they also don't need to tailor to like the 0.01% who have like just a vault full of supplies. Somewhere in the middle, you need to be like, hey, if you actually go do this and you've got an exotic, you can re-roll this and actually have, and maybe it's like, you could re-roll it and pick, like, I want high stat in at least one thing, kind of like an umbral. And you could do yeah. that, like, stuff. I'm with you. How like, about this? How about this? Imagine this. You fly into the lighthouse. You've just completed a seven-bit a seven win trials The card. weight has been guys, lifted got, off of you, your shoulders. The weight has been lifted. You're on, you're on top of the world. You come over the lighthouse, right? You see the flames. And right there is this almost like a in, in a super version of the prismatic umbral recaster where you get to design your own weapon. Choose any weapon in the game and you choose the perks on it. And it gives you the points so you can allocate them on the stats the way that you want. Put 18 in intellect. You get to design your god roll for any weapon in the game once a week every time you get to the lighthouse. Just once a week, so not farmable. Once a week. Dude, it's every, not farmable. Every, you can do you, it once a week. That's your incentive you right to, there. Everyone's in that everybody playlist. Goes Everyone's in, in that to, playlist. It, Casuals, it's, it's doesn't matter. It's literally just to, yeah, it's just to design your own weapon role 
It's not game breaking. It's not like you can max out all the stats, but it gives you points to allocate and, and it lets you pick the perks out of all of them in the game. And you just get to design your own role once a week. Once a week. You, the only thing about that, you probably just got to make sure you have enough weapons of the game to do that at, sure. at a point. And, and uh, it, it could happen with armor, too. You could do Grandmaster Nightfall. Yeah. Maybe that's how you get your armor one. Yeah. Only thing about that with I, weapons that don't go away, people would get an auto rifle, a hand cannon, and then they'd be done after about 12 weeks. You'd, well, you'd then go that's through why your you, slots. That's, why you have, like, that's true, but that's why you introduce new mods as you go and perks that weren't in the game before. And, it's true. You, know, you, can, yeah. you can do it. <laughs> this is such I think, uh, I mean, here's the thing, though. If you, if, if you now without with sunset go, sunsetting going away, if you get the god roll that you want, one in a million drop, you get the gun with the perks that you want and the stats that you want. Yep. You're in the same position anyway. Yeah, true. I mean, it, RNG you, is you, just you about You just as bad. did it by luck instead of by skill. Uh, you know, by doing it through like trials or an endgame activity. So I'm saying, take away the luck, let people design their dream god rolls, but lock them behind Grandmaster Nightfall and trials in the most ridiculous way possible. That'd be great. That's not horrible. I mean. That would definitely get people give you a reason to do some of that stuff. If grandmasters were a little less just like almost soul fake, crushing, soul crushing, and fakely, it's like it's artificial difficulty said multiple ways, yeah. but it's always just like everything. I'm gonna blink at you wrong, and you're gonna. I've just never liked that whole difficult. I'd rather see more mechanics always than just like it's too hard now. You could have something be tanky versus something that's just like I'm gonna smash you, and you can never get better at this. Like. So anyway, um, yeah, I, I knew this crucible. Yeah. I was like, I knew this was going to be like a big thing to unpack and crucible is like a big one. I'm glad it, it had to be in here and I'm glad it's decently addressed, but I will still will say it's not fully addressed because comp is still kind of undone. There's no mention of maps. Um, I know trials is big, but there's still more to the crucible puzzle that needs to be unpacked and kind of explained. And they've got more, they said, coming this summer when it comes to stuff that's coming next. But Crucible, it's a big one. So we kind of had to talk about it. Uh, the next one is Prey Death Revenge. So in Season 14, called that, by the way, um, Vault of Glass will return. Uh, the team will have a lot more to say about it before launch, but there are a few things I'd like to clarify now. Our philosophy behind bringing new things out of the Destiny Content Vault is to keep them feeling like the content you remember while updating them to meet the Destiny 2 difficulty and raid standards. So while the high-level experience remains the same, you should expect the raid team to have a few tricks up their sleeve. So it won't be exactly the same. I'm still curious how it's going to be in the game if you're going to have just that chunk of Venus for the opening Go section of... Venus. I don't think they're going to add a Go planet. Ahead. I don't think they can add a whole planet. I think they, they did it with Cosmodrome for no reason, just to add strikes. Oh, they're not going to finish the Cosmodrome and they're going to put Venus in the game? Half of Venus, just like they do with the Cosmodrome. <laughs> well, I'm thinking it's literally <laughs> like, just like the patrol space and invisible walls is all I think. Like you won't have even maybe, like, maybe, that's all I would guess. I, I think they're going to give us the circle. Remember how every map in D1 was just a circle? Yeah. I think they'll give us like the circle and then none of the like caves and yeah. strike areas that I you guess could that go makes into. Sense. I think they'll do that because I think they're going to need... Now that Witch Queen is delayed, they're going to need more strikes. They're going to need more content. They're going to add the raid from Venus. So why not add the strikes from Venus too? And then that helps you pad your content for a while. And while you work on Witch Queen, I, I think that's the route. I think they'll add Venus. Well, if they do that, I will count me surprised. So I will be curious to re refer back to this next season and see what we get. Yes. 
We will yeah, have we'll to see. see. I mean, so I, I say I say I, I, Venus I, I, is not coming to that level, nor the strikes. But that's just my guess. I would be happily I, surprised, and I would happily like you know buy you you know buy you dinner next time I see you. Just if I'm wrong, because that'd be a much pleasant surprise. Just the way their bandwidth seems to be shown, how limited they are. I don't expect it. But I, I, I agree, and I was really surprised when they pulled back on adding the rest of the Cosmodrome because they said it was too much work. That made me go like, oh, wow, maybe they won't add Venus. But um, he did mention Venus. He mentions Venus in that post. Yeah. He no. says, when you return to Venus, did he mean just just the Vault of Glass? You're not really going to the planet Venus? Or was that an allusion to the fact that Venus is coming back? I, I think the latter. I think they're teasing at Venus coming back as a planet you can go to. Yeah, they said their tricks off your sleeve when you tackle the depths of Venus. Just have to see. Oh, that's a good point. Depths of Venus. Yeah, that, like, that sounds the like the vault to me, but we'll uh, see. Yeah, uh, vault of right. Glass will also right. launch with both a contest mode in the first 24 hours and a world first race, which I thought they said they weren't going to do. So I was kind of surprised to read that. Since this is a reprised raid, we are going to do world's first a bit different. Uh, players looking to claim the belt will not only have to complete the raid, but also complete a curated list of challenging triumphs. And while only one fire team will walk away with the belt, there are plenty of opportunities for players to earn the ability to purchase some sweet real world loot through Bungie Rewards. So do you think like on this one, especially do you think people are going to have to do like a flawless raid to be first? No, I think it'll be the weekly challenges that they add as like triumphs, except for they'll all be active that week. And during challenge mode, it'll be required. Like if you fail the challenge, it'll do a team wipe challenge failed. Hmm. Oh, that's what I think it'll be. So you might have Those to do weekly every... challenges. Yeah. Well, I think they'll all be active okay. at once yep, on the I first challenge mode. And then you'll just have to do them all. And if you get that challenge failed, it'll just do a team wipe. Okay. I mean, that that actually probably makes the most sense. I was wondering if they were going to do like, you have to go through and beat the team with entire arc subclasses or state like those types of triumphs where you see for like the seals. Okay. That would make more. They'll they'll, they'll probably, it's because people already know the encounters. So they have to add something that you're figuring out. So they'll probably add challenges and you'll be failing a challenge and not know why. And then you'll figure out, oh, this is how we do the challenge. This is like the new twist that they put on it. So I think that'll be it. Because there was a hard mode for Vault of Glass, right? When they re-added it. Well, it was like 26 and 30 were like normal and hard first time through. So there was some escalation of mechanics, right? No, I think think King's Fall was the first one with the hard mode. Because I remember I was a Forever 29, so if there was a hard mode, I wouldn't have been able to see it. But you could go into Forever 29 was because you could go into Vault, right? Then, Correct. So then you, I think there, but, but, but was there two versions of it? What was the hard, can you remember any of the challenges? I'm trying to remember how that worked. Um, oh, were there Man, like old. more? Yeah, it's, I'm not so smart. Oh, you're right. There was more, there was more uh, Gorgons in the maze. More I Gorgons. That part. Yeah, different run. More Oracles. Were there more or, or longer Oracle run maybe? You're right. There were more, there was a longer Oracle phase. Wow, dude, I completely forgot about that. 2014 crazy so, year. yeah they've crazy done regular year. and they've done hard so then they're gonna have like some mix of like normal plus hard challenges they're gonna have wyvern yeah. champions in you know are you waiting for a wyvern champion for sure for sure yeah <laughs> for sure if they don't add wyverns that would be a huge i wouldn't i would i think this would be like People would be pissed if they did this, but i think that they could even replace that middle boss with a shield instead of a hydra make it a wyvern 
because that would make it more threatening. It's basically the same encounter. Oh, and then just it walks right. around instead of just like it hovering. walks around. Oh god, that'd be terrifying. Because that's because that's the worst thing about that encounter is a lot of times you're kind of just hiding from the boss and waiting. Yep. So if they made it a wyvern that could like shoot at you and jump around, I think people would be like, "Wow, this is a whole different encounter." Yeah. That would be cool. It would need a couple weak points. I, I hate wyverns that, in the first place because you can't ever find a weak point. You have to like halfway kill him anyway before the weak point shows up on both their front and back. But if you could like yeah. put enough damage in team split kind of on both sides, theoretically you could have two teams like hitting both weak points because they have, I could see that. That'd be cool. A 10 yeah. story wyvern or ten Protheon who's actually here in chat. Remember thick boy Protheon or big boy. That's right. Yeah. I want to see one that well, they, big. They, <laughs> yeah. They can't change Atheon cause it's so iconic. Yeah, but I think he's got to stay. Boss, I think the Oracle boss, I think they I think they could make that a wyvern without people being too mad. Co I'm probably underestimating how mad the community would Cog be. Cog would be mad. Yeah. He'd be like, you're ruining the spirit of Vault of Glass. Yeah. It is probably. his number one raid. So I think. Well, hey, if you want to play the original Vault of Glass, you could play Destiny 1, bro. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. It's not like you can't go and play Vault of Glass. It, I played it a couple weeks Swolfion. ago. <laughs> yeah, Swolfion. Yeah, um, Swolfion. And one last thing, before the end of the year, we are looking to add a master version of Vault of Glass. So you're going to have contest challenges, master version of Vault of Glass. We've been really excited about how master and grandmaster difficulty. Please look at grandmaster. Don't make it wrong. Uh, and altered nightfall strikes, increasing the potency of combat and the importance of executing mechanics. If they do this, please fix overload champions. Those suck the most. <laughs> Uh, oh my god we're, we're like you shoot them and sometimes they don't get stunned and then other times their health still regenerates yep. and yeah i hate that yeah overloads are the worst barriers i can manage and over, over uh unstoppable i can manage but overloads are the most like unreliable they're kind of broken yeah yep we'd like our future raid and dungeon content to offer master difficulty versions where players can earn adept raid and dungeon gear and while we aren't able to commit to a season 14 time frame for master vog we do want to take the time to develop and sustain a sustainable structure that allows us to ship these closer together in future releases. I mean, the raid community is happy. They'll take, they will be happy to have a hard mode back easily. I yep. think that's, that's an easy win now. And if you don't want to do it, you just don't have to play it. Yeah. I'm just sad they didn't mention Vex Mythoclast. <laughs> They're not going to give that secret away until you have it in your hand. <laughs> I want it. That'll, that'll give a lot of people a reason to go in there. If it's, if it's fun, we'll see. Uh, here, everybody's gonna need gonna go in there they don't need a reason there could be no <laughs> rewards from vault of glass and people would still play the crap out of it yeah oh people do that for the nostalgia just be like oh did you play this yeah. raid in destiny one what was destiny one you gotta come in here <laughs> like now uh in season 14 ada one is returning to the tower from her adventures i think she was out on europa or something and with her comes the ability for players to take any armor they have in their collections and turn it into a universal ornament in destiny 2 we call this transmog system Armor synthesis. They can't just call it transmog. It's got to have a name. <laughs> thought that was funny. Every season, Ada will offer... To be fair, transmog is a terrible term that nobody should have put in any game. I mean, fair. Transmogrification is... I don't even know who could... Is armor synthesis any better? Eh, that's debatable. But yeah. transmog is bad, so... Just be fun. like, we have an appearance screen now. Period. <laughs> Every season, Ada... And this is where I was curious how this mechanic's going to work, because we were wondering for a while. Every season, Ada will offer players a set of bounties that will highlight various activity types. Players can complete these quests and receive the materials they need to power up Ada's loom. Apparently it's all cotton, so we'll see. Uh, which can turn any piece of armor in your collections into a permanent universal ornament. 
So you're going to have to earn every single piece. So I don't know how many we're going to get. Player short on time will also be able to purchase synthesis tokens for silver. Once you And there's the grift. Yeah. You found it. <laughs> there um, it is. Because if you have to earn every single piece, you know most people are going to be like, mm, if it takes that long to get one piece, yep. all you have to do is after you earn your first one, you're going to be like, that was a lot of work. <laughs> Cha-ching! <laughs> Go yeah, ahead and hit that cash register. Yep. Once you've acquired some new universal ornaments, you'll want to head over the new appearance screen in the character menu where you can manage the ornaments on all your gear in one place. You'll find uh, you'll find that even you can even apply shaders individually or all on one all on one piece at the, or all pieces at one time with one click. I'm like, oh. To make it even easier to try and punch out new looks in season 14, we've also changed shaders to be permanent unlocks. This took how long? <laughs> Meaning you no longer want to need to hold on to stacks of shaders. <sighs> so excited. Yeah, it's, you know, it's a, a lot of people are really upset about the shader thing, and I've never cared. Like, I just don't want them in I my inventory. That's all. I just don't want to have to. It's just like an unnecessary thing. Because what? I can't remember. Was it? Um, what's the the dawning? I swear every time you broke down a box, you're like shaders, 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 shaders. There's sometimes you just yeah, get overwhelmed. And overall, it's just like something in my inventory. I'll just turn in crucible tokens or do things. And all of a sudden, I'm full on shaders again. I have to go break some. It's just unnecessary. Yeah, the inventory part is annoying. But, you know, Paul Tassi cares about this because he spends a lot of time playing Drestiny. And I'm I, I play Trashtiny. I, I always I'm look with awful. you. This um, is the only beyond yeah. light. And I stuck with that set of armor. I was like, all right, I'm going to make one. And I just kind of found a, a set of armor kind of looked like ice. And I was like, I stuck with that. Mm -hmm. It's the first time in probably a year I've done that. I'm with you. I'm usually, I look like a homeless man dove into a Goodwill bin and every color's on my body <laughs> possible. So yeah, that's my normal look. I love it. At the, that's such a, that's such a Titan thing to do. Yeah. I love some of the Twitter <laughs> ones where it's like, how ugly can they make the Titan with like the old, um, callus armor and stuff. And you look like crayons threw up on you. Yep. That's us. How big can you make those shoulder plates? How big? Can they make? Never big enough. <laughs> This season's ornament's a prime example. We got like a Zavala shield on that left That's shoulder. Right. I'm hey, people were laughing until Zavala blocked that bullet with it. I mean, saying. yeah, it's true. Pretty cool. Yeah. yeah. They're like, we have to justify his shoulder thing. How do we do that? Let him block a bullet. <laughs> that's somewhere go. on a, that somewhere happened in a meeting. I'm pretty sure at the beginning of season 14, we'll be including a new, a starting supply of synthesis materials as reward for completing the seasonal onboarding quests. We know many of you have been looking forward to synthesis for a long time and want to front load your ability to create some looks you've been looking forward to showing off. I wonder how many it's going to be, honestly. Think like 10, so you can maybe do like two sets. Is that almost too generous? Mm -hmm. Well, you're going to be able to buy it, so they have to sort of uncap it. Otherwise, they'll be accused of being predatory. So I think they'll make as... There'll be a way for you to earn as many as you are willing to grind, but realistically, no person is going to want to grind for every armor set they have. So they'll probably just they'll 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 make a lot of money off of this. Probably more than they should, but yeah. it's it's part of keep, hey, keeping the doors it's working. up. It's, They're doubling in size. I was like, keep, yeah, keep it coming, keep it coming, Wallet Warriors. <laughs> We're loving the the results here. We got got Bungie coming back fiercer than ever. Yeah, seriously, two point five times the size of your uh headquarters and they're uh they're growing by leaps and bounds finally we have combined fire this is one thing you were excited of how they're going to manage it crossplay is coming to the masses in season 15 
We'll be doing some internal rollouts and alpha tests in season 14 to prepare for the widespread launch. With crossplay, you'll be able to play with all of your friends no matter what platform. And don't worry, matching console and PC players and Crucible, they're not going to do it unless you specifically choose to invite console players to PC. So, and I won't. No offense. <laughs> no, I mean, until no, I they might, get... I might, I'm, a, lot of, a lot of my PC players, like my clan, are on PC, so I will play with them occasionally, but probably just... I'll probably use crossplay mostly for PvE. Like, when I play PvP, I'm just going to toggle that off. No thanks. Yeah. Like, I'll just play on console, so... I wonder yeah, how they're going to cool, separate though, that. Like, so if you want to play, say you're on console and you have a friend on PC, if they join you, are now are you now in the PC space? Is that yes? Okay, the, so basically, basically they're they're segmenting or segregating the player bases until you like willingly join cross the, the threshold. Other. Basically, then, then, yeah. then you cross the threshold in the other one, and it sounds like it's going to be one way where console players always cross into the PC player base. But PC players can't cross into the console base, and that's probably like as good as they can do. On yeah. Console. yeah, yeah, I think that's. I think that's yeah. Uh, some of you noticed that Ikora Ray has not been around. Not only will you see her again in season fourteen, she will be playing a pivotal role in the Witch Queen. Oh, in the Witch Queen. She sorry, don't die. She's going to be around she in fourteen, die. and then yeah, so she's going to be around till Witch Queen at least. So mm-hmm. longer than I was kind of guessing. She, she going to die. <laughs> probably in Witch Queen. Cognito's like, if you can, Osiris doesn't have a ghost. If you're gonna kill off Ikora, he's got no he's got nobody left. Yeah. <laughs> I don't I don't know if they're planning on killing off Osiris. I could see him actually dying before Ikora, because he's I I mean he has no ghost, right. so he's obviously primed for it, but maybe he's just a badass. He's have just you thought about that. He does have all have the supers. About, yeah. He can use all the supers. About him cool. He's got Saint. Yeah. <laughs> That's he's fair. like Gaul. He's like Gaul, he can use all the supers. Osiris yeah. has Saint-14, so he just walks around with his right. bubble buddy. I was like, oh yeah, bubble. bubble shield him. <laughs> bubble. Uh, right. In Beyond Light, we introduced Stasis subclass like Arc, Solar, and Void. And finally, Stasis will continue to evolve into a fully supported damage type. In Season 15, going to take him nine months to get there, we will introduce our first round of legendary Stasis energy and power weapons. There will be a lot more info here as we get closer to fall. Uh, that also kind of tells you where season 15 is going to fall. Season 15 is going to be in the fall, which means season 14 is going to be a long boy. <laughs> These might be Very like six boy. month seasons. Well, this is going to end in May. So four then you months. got June, July, yeah. August, September. So that's four. And then if you go October, It'll November, December, months. January, four to five months, probably per season They're they're going to be pretty long. Um, but yeah, actually getting energy and power weapons of stasis. Now I wanted to ask you, I feel like I've talked about this on at some episode. I don't know if you were there. If they add stasis and they say they're going to have more info, do you want to see stasis have a function like freezing? Or do you just want to like match the color? Do you want to see them go into like solar damage burning? Uh, arc damage? Yes. Like, okay. Yeah, me too. Yeah, I, was I, just... think, I think solar damage should do damage over time as people catch on fire. Yep. I think arc damage, if you do enough of it, it should make somebody have a static that spreads to other targets. Nice. I think that uh, freeze should slow you down and eventually freeze you if yep. you take enough damage and void should also do something. Yeah. Well, uh, void's the one I can never <laughs> decide. Really I picture know. like gravity. Well is what I always go to, but I always wonder what void could do. Cause we have damage over time from fire. And I yeah. still think Witch queen is going to have like a poison 
I'm still picturing that as like a toxic or like a decay. I think or... there will be other there will be other darkness subclasses, but I don't think it's bad if like two of them are damaged over time and one's fire and one's poison. I don't think that's the yeah. end of the world. There should just be some consequences of shooting someone with one element over another. That's my whole point. And uh, I think uh, slow. I, I don't slow think I don't think we're going to weaken, get that. weaken I, maybe. Sorry. For void. Oh, there you go. Weekend. Yeah, weekend void for void. Weaken. Make them make them more susceptible to other types of damage. Yeah. Um, I, I think that they should make all of the elements have an effect and also interact with each other in different ways. Yeah. Like I think that if somebody is uh you know voided, they should maybe are more susceptible to fire. Or if they're you got the rock, paper, scissors, lizard spock thing going yeah, on. Yeah, there there should be some sort of interplay. I don't I I think uh it's I'm like 99% sure that's not going to happen. I think they're just going to add uh, the stasis element on weapons and then they're going to add it as a shield on enemies. And the reason that's bad is because it only hurts us. It means that now we have four elements we have to worry yep. about. We only get three weapons. Only two of them get to have elements. Yep. So it means we're never going to be able to use them for all, which means that Bungie has to think about which shields they put into strikes and into raids, if, especially if we can't change weapons. Yeah. Um, it makes everything more complicated. And I really hope that they, I hope I'm wrong. I hope I'm wrong. And I hope they, they are thinking more about, Hey, why are elements in the game? Like, yep. why did we put these in here? Do they, should they have some sort of effect and should the stasis present like a larger question for the sandbox? I'm, so, I'm with you. Cause I think that hopefully leans them more and more into that RPG that I think a lot of us would like, like me, I would like, you know, armor to have, I mean, even for me, mobility doesn't make you run faster. That still just blows my mind that yeah. that doesn't you do... You bring this up every episode I'm on. I'm sorry. <laughs> is, is... No, I love it. But it's, it's like, great. it's a point of... Re... Everybody has their pet peeve, There's my right? Destiny, uh, there's my Destiny thing, yeah. Uh, Destiny, that's your Bungie, Bungie please. please, yeah. Um, but that's, like, as you said, like, also, you picture... Okay, so I have a fire weapon. What does it do? It matches the color. Well, what about this blue one? You're just playing match the color at this point. Well, somebody on a podcast said that before, and I was like... It so simplifies it, but that's really all you're doing. It is. It's like the Mass Effect 3 ending. It's 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 all color and no actual consequences. Oh shit, you haven't played Mass Effect. True. <laughs> <laughs> well, I've, I've heard of, I've heard about the chaos of that, but the remi- You've heard about the chaos of the ending, yeah, but, but it's, the, it's like But yeah, the the remaster is it, coming. It's none of the actual Yeah. And then I also think like uh in terms of us taking damage, like we take damage from stasis sources and we start to get slowed yeah. in PB, PBE. I think, you know, and also we, we take burning it, damage. We take, we take burn damage yeah. too. Like, I don't know why and it's we not take, applying to Thorn does its poison damage or something, right? We have all these debuffs, right. but we can't do them to ads. So, yeah. like, the effects are almost in the game. It seems like it is, as now that you say that, it's halfway there incoming. It just needs to be outgoing. Yeah, so. and we also it would give it would give armor more options if you could get armor that negated the effects of solar damage so you couldn't catch on fire or negated the effects of stasis so that you couldn't freeze uh, stuff like that. That's like oh you know I've you've got your stasis ability well I've got my helmet that means I can't get frozen by stasis stuff yeah. like that like that would be awesome because then it's another game of and may, maybe if you have a piece of equipment equipped that makes it so you can't catch on fire. It makes you more vulnerable to stasis and you can get frozen easier. Stuff like that, where you're kind of making um, RPG-like. Exactly. <laughs> uh, very very consequential decisions yeah. with the armor you choose and the weapons you choose and the sandbox is, is ever evolving. It, it would be so awesome. Yeah. Well, I mean, right now, even on your arm, your chest piece, you have arc, solar, and void damage resistance. 
We don't have right. we don't have a stasis resist. Can you imagine if there was like a chest mod that was just like stasis resistance and the effects of stasis are like twenty five percent less or you're you're harder to slow like one more. All that stuff is just a yeah. little bit longer. Everybody would be wearing that thing in PvP, right? Maybe that's why it's not in the game. But yeah, like, or just just give me an exotic chess piece called Crucible is now playable where <laughs> you don't get frozen by stasis. You can you can be slowed. You still have some. Yeah, that would that would be a thing. They also took apparently everybody's recommendation that gilded titles now have a little square root on the end. So you'll have your right. your little pip shown. Um, I'm going to feel really sad that I'm never going to get any of those because I like for me doing Going out of my way to complete triumphs that I wouldn't achieve organically is like not my idea of fun and destiny, and I almost never do it. I was like, you're not and the I great Miller. I did it once. You can see my my pins back oh, here, nice. all there the ones go. I earned. Yeah. And and like I I like went out of my way. I was like, all right, I'm just gonna suck it up and do it because I only have to do it once. And now that there's the two and three being added, I'm like, no, because that means everyone's gonna know I only did it once, and I'm gonna feel inferior when somebody has like you know unbroken four and yeah. I only bothered to go out of my way to get it once. But yeah, it's just the I, I like it. I think it's good. It shows off the the achievement for people who are really really into it's destiny. Like flaw- I'm just gonna feel inadequate. Yeah, flawless twelve. You don't have a life. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. <laughs> You're also Wallace showing 12. how much time yeah. you spend. <laughs> yeah, that's true. That's true. Uh, and then finally say they can't overstate how excited I am for what the team has planned for the year and beyond. And they show the picture of the armor set. I was curious what you thought of this like witch queen armor thing going on. And some people are already speculating about this like worm tentacle spiral thing that's yeah. going on. It looks like uh, Eris Morn cosplay. Kind of does, actually. I like yeah. it's. It's got the hive thematic, but also yeah, it's like a hive blended with like military. It's weird for like the Titan, at least with the, you know, it, it's concept armor. So I'm trying not to judge it. But my first thought was, meh, I wasn't like, oh, like, you know, blown away. But I, I mean, I'll, I'll wait till it's in the game. I'm sure I'm going to yeah. want it. It looks like it definitely stands out. I will give it that. It seems unique. And that's a hard thing for them, too. They got to keep coming up with armor sets and. I will give Bungie a decent job that they continue to make sets that stand typically apart from other things. Like this looks That's true. like its own kind of piece. They always have weird accessories and stuff like that on there. That's kind of funny. Um, but that is the giant thing that is uh, the state of Destiny 2. We also had the TWAB. So obviously they rehashed the state of Destiny 2021. Mm-hmm. We also have the master version of Dead Man's Tale for Presage. Am I saying that right yep. now? Presage or pres- it's not I, I have no idea. I listened to it also, once, but I, I can't remember now. Did? I looked it up and I was like, I how do you pronounce it? It's like it. presage or presage. I think it's literally pronounced both if you Google it. I can't remember. It's not presage. I know that. It's not presage. Not presage. Yeah. Um, and that one is timed. I was actually kind of curious your thoughts on that one because I tried it and I got to the hangar and I ran mm-hmm. out of time. But if it wasn't timed, I know I could finish it. So I was kind of curious yeah. if you like the time or if you don't. Um, I I actually didn't mind it. Um, I, I remember not liking timing so much in nightfall activities for some reason. I think maybe because I perceived them as being a little bit more casual. Mm-hmm. Um, it, but in, in this, it's like a one time activity. It reminds me of Whisper of the Worms, uh, a heroic mode where where it was also timed. Um, and I, I was able to beat it. We, I think we beat it on our second try. But yeah, it's like this one, I guess this one is more yeah. back to the power level grind. Eventually I'll be able yes. to, but right yeah. now, so, 
It like I jumped I, in, I, I can't do enough damage. It's just not fast enough. Yeah. So the first time I tried it, I did it with some people I play with on Xbox, and I was uh, 1980, I think, was my power level. So I just got obliterated. Oh, man. Um, but then, or what is it? What's the current power level right now? Uh, uh, 1310 is the power cap. So 1310. Would so I, be, so yeah. I, sorry, I, I was 1280. Yeah. And then I, I leveled up to 13 and uh, went into it, and it was not not that hard yeah. at all. So we, I think we did it with several minutes left. Um, so. Yeah, it is. It is a power level grind, which again, this like makes me wonder, like, why is there a power level grind? Yeah, and if you if you, like, you had a normal like a normalized level, and I went in as a solo player, it's going to take a lot of coordination for me to have my stuff together. But in theory, yep. uh, just because I haven't put like, you know, my artifacts not plus twenty, and I haven't raided every week, yeah. I'm thirteen eleven or thirteen twelve, which isn't bad. Yeah, but I'm also not esoteric who was 1326 and did it in the first hour yeah exactly i was like he's a robot yeah, so the, he's a beast so it's fine but like i was wondering his a, level it's in like 1326 i'm like damn that's high already people people complain about time gating to me putting arbitrary power caps is like free time gating something no i mean like, that's legit how, like how i want to play it how much but, free time do you have yeah so that's why the leveling kind uh, of bugs me too because if it was just like if it had a few more mechanics or there was a different route through it and it wasn't just here it is higher level than it was before and everything's the same. It's like, well, I could go do it. I can solo it normally right now. It's literally just I can't do it fast enough because whether I'm alive or not, I can't put enough damage into the guys. That's literally all it is. And I was yeah. just like, it kind of bummed me out a little bit because I really enjoyed the mission, like the horror aspect last week. I was talking to Cognito. It was just they did a really cool job with the ambiance and like the sound design in there. When I walked in and the big rumble of the first time in the growl, I was like, all right, audio team, you killed it. You did awesome. And then it's like, I go to Mass the Halo reference, the star Wars reference. Oh, the star Wars one. I knew you lost your mind. I was like, yeah. where is Travis oh, right now? Oh, I was literally shouting three PO the whole time. I was like three PO as I was running around looking for a way out. It was oh, great. That one oh. was, I was sliding down. I was like, what's down here? And then we slide down. And I was like, what are these? Oh, crap. And then as soon as it starts, you're like, oh, like totally nailed the Star Wars piece. And then I'm like trying to jump around great. on the floor. They did really good. But yeah, it's just the, it kind the of ha the halo thing I caught immediately too. Is the halo the hanger? That room. Yeah. Okay. I saw that on Twitter. It, 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 sorry. Have you not played halo? I haven't played that much. I played it off and on a little bit, but I don't have like this, like, I know I just <laughs> broke Travis. <laughs> <laughs> you did. I just lost He's like, ah, uh, yeah. <laughs> It's 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 like a reference to Combat Evolved. I think it's it's like pretty obvious when you walk in. It's like that's that's the bungee like hanger. Yeah. Like it's yeah. Anyway. Yeah, I saw that roaming around on Twitter, and somebody's like, "Oh, I knew it the first time I walked in." I was like, "Sadly, I did not." <laughs> at some point, I should play those at like 4K. If I ever get my 4K monitor, there's a lot of games that I want to make look pretty. I'm almost there. I'll I'll run Halo with you, man. I need to play all of the Halo games before Infinite comes out. Anyway. So. Yeah, that would actually be a good time whenever Halo's coming out to go through mm -hmm. the story to kind of catch up because I am this fall beyond off on what that story has start to finish. So that would be good. Actually, it's great. Somebody it's great. like I will somehow I got gifted the collection, too. So I have it now. I need to play it. Well, I will play it with you with director's commentary. I, I you're the director. You the director's yeah, commentary. that's totally I'm the director. I will yeah. take your yeah. director's commentary because it'll be like your um, who's the director of Fast and Furious? Some of the recent ones less something Lynn. Uh, Justin, Lin. Justin Lin. Yeah. Uh, hey, he's a, I had the he's last a genius. Name. You did. I'm, I'm pretty, I'm I was like, actually, I, I was going to say Jason Lin and I'm like, that's not right. But, um, mm -hmm. I was like, I don't even need him when I watch those movies. I just need you and discord and be like, 
I'm like, I'm currently one hour in. Okay, so right now what we've got <laughs> is exactly. you giving me the commentary. Word for I, word I dialogue. Found out you, I, found, I found it in my neighborhood because movie theaters aren't really a thing right now that they're renting out individual movie theaters for $100. You yeah. can just go and you can just go and see a movie in a movie theater by yourself. So I'm going to do that for Fast and Furious 9 when it comes out because <laughs> it's finally coming out in May. I'm like going to buy a movie theater and just go by I, myself. I kind of no, want to do no that. No friends. If I could, yeah, if it's a it's decent, sure. I thought about for Tenet last year doing it for like my wife and I, because I like Christopher Nolan movies. They're always really interesting. And this one was definitely a mind mess you up. Um, but yeah, yeah, same thing here. I've thought like if a big enough movie came out, like I have about six friends, like our group of six, like if we could do that and split it, that's a no brainer. Like, what is that? 33 Easy. bucks a couple? No problem. It, it's cheaper. It's cheaper than buying tickets yeah. back before COVID. Oh, yeah. yeah. So well, especially I'm for down. you in California. God, theaters out there are not cheap. So yeah, it's like 15 bucks a, a seat. Yeah. Um, they're, they do some Deep Stone Crypt deep dive. I didn't read through all. Oh, it's going to be the raid along. So Wednesday, March 3rd, they're going to do a raid along for the Deep Stone Crypt deep dive. Those are always awesome to see. Like They'll show like concept art and this mechanic and encounter used to work this way. So those are always really cool. So if you guys don't catch it live, it'll be uh, 10 a.m. Pacific, Wednesday, March 3rd. They're going to be going deep into that one, which also means that week is probably pretty quiet for Destiny, which is good. Um, but those are just always cool. So if you're curious, if you enjoy that raid... I'm very curious how they explain Tanix because they have to explain why he is in the end of that raid because he just doesn't fit. <laughs> He's just like the guy bolted onto the ship in the end. So I'll be curious what they talk about. Right. Uh, they do talk about ritual weapons. So ritual playlist weapons said at the, at the beginning of Beyond Light, we introduced new weapons into the roared pools of Crucible, Gambit, and Vanguard Strikes. To give a quick rundown of the new lights out there, each of these weapons has a low drop rate and deep perk pools intended to give players dedicated so this is an example of bottom dollar and gambit. I was kind of yep. curious what you think about like going after one of those because they are next to impossible to get the one you want, but it has also increased the people playing gambit. So I was kind of curious if you yeah. like it, don't like it. I'm 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 a fan of anything that get, gets people to actually concentrate on activities. I think it's crazy that right now there's like no direction. It's sort of just like do whatever you want and maybe you'll get some rewards, but probably you won't. And like, I think that they should, uh, like, I think bo the bottom dollar thing is cool. It's actually giving people a reason to play Gambit. Unfortunately, if you don't like Gambit, you have a bit of a problem. And that's <laughs> kind of, in my, in my opinion, that's like a separate issue. It's the fact that Gambit just isn't fun and yeah. they haven't really put any love or attention to it. Same with Crucible in some regard, but I like it. I think that's cool. Um, would I prefer if there was a way to get it guaranteed drop without having to grind Gambit for 20 hours? Absolutely. Again, I would like to refer you to my idea for trials where if you go flawless, you get to design your own weapon and pull it from any pool in the game. I think that's a great idea and it could, you know, put some time into this activity. You get five Gambit wins yeah. in a row and you can pull the slot machine six. You can pick this perk seven. Then you're just going to have people like cheesing bosses and stuff that they already do. But that's a whole different. Problem. Oh, no, I don't mean it for a gambit. I mean, like for trials, you should just be able to pull it from any. Oh, anyway, pool. so like, you build. I yeah, want a bottom dollar out of trials, period. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. That so give uh, those more because there, in, in my opinion, there should always be a way to get a guaranteed drop. Like I, I really detest the fact that I've had to do the raid every single week uh, to get Eyes of Tomorrow and I still don't have it. Yeah. Like I to me, the gold standard was um um, what was the last uh, uh, yearly release? Uh, for no, not Forsaken. Um, how am I getting this name? Uh, 
the moon one. Shadow Keep was that expansion called Shadow Keep? Oh, Thank you. I was like, which one? Are we talking? I forgot no, that. no, you're good. So, to me, to me, the gold sander was Shadow Keep, where uh, you, during the raid, divinity you got by just doing a harder or version of the raid where there's a challenge at the end, right? Like, or a challenge throughout. Yeah. Like to me, to me, there should be like a a way to get it, but the way is hard, or you can just get it by doing pure luck uh, and just doing the raid every week. There should be multiple options, but I, I'm a fan of them providing like a a hard mode where if you beat it it's guaranteed because um ain't nobody got time for that yeah i mean that's played world of warcraft to bring it up too much but there were very very like specific weapons for say like a hunter class or a druid or whatever it was and there was like a legendary quest and there was always one for a hunter and i ended up doing it for other people which was always funny but you had to go out in the world and there were like four bosses you had to like find spread out everywhere if you beat those four, you could put these pieces together and get one thing out of the raid paired with doing all this quest, you could do it. Like, there's a long, drawn-out way, and it was not easy to do. But as you said, it's a way that you can, with a lot of skill, effort, and, you know, persistence, you can get it as opposed to, I can be as persistent as I want, it just won't drop. There needs to be a yep. balance. Like, you can get lucky, or if you just want to go grind that thing out and you weren't unlucky that first week, you got a lot of skill, go nail it, just go hammer this thing out. Also, I just want to bring up on this podcast that Bungie claims that Eyes of Tomorrow has a increasing chance of dropping, it, it and seems, I think they're liars. It seems like a lot of people are starting to question that because... I don't think that that's true. I I fully doubt it. Um, and yeah, if I, I'd love to be proven wrong, but show us the show us the numbers, Bungie. That's what I said. I mean, I've seen show people the in the 40s, and if that's true, it seems that's too high. Yeah. Like, what do you think is a fair number? How many times do you think you should have to run a raid before you're like, you guaranteed exotic? 10, 20, 15, 5, what? I think you should have to run it one time on a harder mode or, you know, 30 times on like its normal setting. 30 is like, pretty high. I think I should have gotten it for doing, I beat it on contest mode. Yeah, I think the contest, like. Why didn't I get it? Now I, I think, beat it on contest mode. Well, that mode. brings back to another thing. Contests yeah. should be available for on any raid. Yeah. And if you do it on contest, you work through, you figure out the mechanics. Doesn't matter how high you are in level, still have the mechanics. If you can do it on that, I think you should be guaranteed it. That'd be a nice way to do it. What if it was the only way to I get think it? That's how they should do it. I, if it's the only way to do it, I think then you're gating some people behind skill, okay. which despite being a crucible person, I'm I'm actually not a fan of. I think uh you should be as inviting as possible with PvE content. But I think there should it should be either or. Like yeah. either you do it you know, 20 times uh, on the normal mode and you eventually just get it by luck or you just do it once on a mode that's spectacularly hard and, and you brute force it. But like as somebody who beat it in the first 24 hours, I'm like, come on. All right. Yeah. I mean, I you're, you're due by hard, now. Man. Yeah, you're due by now for sure. Yeah. Um, biggest thing about those weapons, though, they said they are going to they don't want the drop rate to be high. So it's not a short term grind. They said as they get towards later in season of the chosen, they're going to like increase the drop chances for the ritual specific weapons, I guess to give you more rolls throughout the season. And I guess that works, but that also means do you grind it out early or do you wait two months and just grind it hard later and have more chances? Stuff's always kind of weird. Like it is, it's one of those things they do a lot at the start of this thing. You're going to get less drops, but later on you're going to get more of fill in the blank. They do that for a lot of things, whether it be, they do. yeah, they do. Whether it be the community things. Oh, you guys are going to be too slow. Here's 10 times of that. Oh, the drop rates are too low and you guys are complaining. Well, he gave you a little more late. Like, it's always start really tight. Okay, we'll loosen the reins a little bit. <laughs> Happens. They do that all the time. They do. Yeah. 
Um, I think that's most of it, though. There's a lot of cool art always wow. in there. Um, to another twab what in the book. What a books. beefy week this turned out to be. Yeah, it was two and a half hours Dustin. between two people. <laughs> I was like, I was going to say, as for like what we have, obviously, State of the Game's the big one. Um, any major, pe- like what at this point, where does he, where, how, where's your excitement at? Are you looking forward to season 14 with Transmog? Season, what is it, like, Witch Queen? 15 or 16 for the Witch Queen. Yeah, yeah. 16's Witch Queen. 15 16. is, some stuff's coming in 15. Like, where, where's um, your next big, how far ahead are you looking? I'm looking all the way, man. I think my excitement is even for, like, the end of the Light and Dark Saga, wow. and it's for what's happening beyond it. My My excitement is more like, like, I don't really care that much about what happens in season 14 and 15, to be honest. Like, I, obviously, I'm going to play on my host fire team chat. I'm going to talk about it yeah. every week. Um, but I don't expect a ton to happen. And my the majority of my excitement isn't rooted in, like, the stuff that's coming right around the corner. It's in the stuff that's the Witch Queen and farther. Like, Witch Queen is obviously the next big one I'm excited about because clearly they're taking the time. They're delaying it. They want to make it good, which really excites me. But I'm just excited about, like, Destiny has a future and it's going to be a long one and it's going to be a bright one. And the team is doubling in its size. And like, how could that not make you excited if you care about this game? And I would say, like, if you have ever played Destiny, Destiny one or Destiny two, you should read the state of the game that came out this week and just like think about getting back into it. Because like, I think a lot of people assume that with some of the missteps that have happened over the years, that maybe Destiny would continue to be an all right game and maybe it would kind of extinguish and i think a lot of people thought in recent years with them announcing three years in a row and the last one called lightfall that maybe they were planning on ending it and we could not have been more wrong like destiny's here to stay and they're doubling down and bungie as a studio is going to be making more than just one game they're going to be i think the next activision they're going to be like a big studio with lots of games under their belt um and yeah, I, I could not be more excited for Destiny's future and just knowing that it has a future and just seeing that the passion is still there and the team still wants to make this game. They're not like over it like they were with Halo, just want to move on to the next project, right? They want they want to stick around and, and develop this world. And that just, it fills me with so much uh, joy and excitement and also makes me feel a little vindicated because a lot of my friends thought that Destiny wouldn't be around forever. And <laughs> I always played it. I always played it from the very beginning back when we were running around the Cosmodrome and grabbing spin metal. Oh, my friends oh, were like, why do you play this of game? Spin metal? Farming loops. Oh. Yeah, dude. I remember people making fun of me for that. Why are you playing this game? And now I just get to look at them like, man, you should have stuck with it. Got that new Destiny movie coming out next <laughs> week. You know, got uh Destiny 8 on the horizon. I'm, I'm very, very excited to, to play that. Yeah. Um, that's kind of where I'm at, too, because yours is like the story is, as I said, what has me intrigued because they have this for one, they have a light and dark saga that has three plus three and a half years to go. That whole thing has to get finished means Bife has at least done three and a half years of lore and then more, obviously. Um, but also, it seems like I'm with you, like Witch Queen is where my eyes are looking over 14 and 15 because they're the stepping stones to these big systems they're working on. Do th- how deep do they go into the RPG? What are they going to do with the armor? Um, all of like an armor 3.0 feels like it's got to come because transmog really makes armor useless and they've mentioned it already. So something is working with armor, which is half my loot. So I'm excited, but that also means I don't care about armor until then, which is kind of sad. Um, and I think between now and then, like the activities will be like, 
there's probably going to be an exotic quest here. Here's your exotic with the season pass. Um, here's some mods. Here's your, you know, match made activity. Maybe at least they seem to be getting a little closer. Like that stuff's going to be in each season. And, but those are going to be longer. We're going to have some downtime and it's not a bad thing to have some downtime away from destiny. I will be curious how they space those things. But for me, I mean, if yeah. you think like horizon forbidden West, and we just went through the state play, the state of play for PlayStation, there's at least something once a month that I want to play. And it feels like I'm going to have more time to bounce back and forth and do that. Some people are like, I have to have like destiny all the time going to have to have a little more space in there but i'm with you witch queen lightfall beyond the next saga like i don't even i don't know how far they take it but i am very i would love to be a fly on the wall to know what is what that plan is because we just got an expansion we didn't know existed and now we're like we have three and a half years of destiny guaranteed period like that's i never expected to read that today i will say which is cool. It's great. Um, it's and great. then for you on the other side, trials is just fantastic. So <laughs> getting, hopefully they'll get some of that stuff worked on too. Um, but I've probably kept you for long enough. <laughs> it's been an awesome chat though. Happy to do it, man. Oh. I always love hanging out with you. Um, Cog. And- yeah, I know we'll get, we'll get you back on sometime soon when Cog's here so we can get a good chat. But, uh, yeah, all of those of you guys who are curious about the workout in chat, uh, since I'm wearing this shirt, uh, we're not working out today in chat, so I turn those points off to make sure nobody. Especially since he's also not wearing pants. I'm wearing uh, shorts. I'm just not wearing no, like suit no, pants. He's commando below the belt. Oh, yeah, there's nothing just below this shirt. You guys don't want to see that. I just took my pants. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, <laughs> quick rundown, though. Top three Fast and Furious movies. Oh, uh, Fast Five is Ooh. number one for me. Uh, number two would be the original, The Fast and the Furious. Okay. And number three would be Furious 7. Paul Walker's last. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Those are solid. Um, I think I'm it's not like I've thought about this. or No, anything, not at all. Uh, <laughs> five is definitely when I would say the franchise was like the turn. I never expected of that being a heist movie and then being so like fun and well done. Nailed it. Yeah. Uh, the OG yeah. started it all. I agree. Uh, seven was good. The way they handled Paul Walker was surprisingly like I cried in the end of that. And I'm like, what am I doing crying in a fast and furious movie? But totally did. Yep. Um, I cry every, fast and then and I have a weird movie. sweet spot for Tokyo drift. Just kidding. Tokyo drift. So I love all the fast and furious yeah. movies equally. And I say that even though it's not true. Um, but fast and furious Tokyo drift is close to my heart just because Justin Lin, I think is like, he's the reason fast and furious is so great. He's a genius. Like I could talk forever about like why I think that that guy is just like a master storyteller, but yeah, I, I really like Tokyo Drift, and the main character also reminds me of you. From Tokyo Drift. <laughs> I don't so, have that much of go. a southern accent little there. Bit, little, yeah, I know, but he's from Texas. He's oh yeah, he's he, that guy know, for just, sure. But yeah, it's, yeah, it's, it looks like you. It was like I watched that and I was like, I know it's got some cheesy lines and things, but I was like, you know, it's a good little underdog and like the Mustang drifting. I was like. <laughs> It's so kind of ridiculous, but I, it, was, it was like one of those that I watch yeah. and I'm like, too, okay, what's your least like? Because mine's probably... Oh, too Fast, Too Furious too, yeah, is two, ob- easy, and then easily I think, the worst And one. then I think four is just above that one. Four, I would put a long way above Too Fast, Too Furious. I think Too Fast, Too Furious is like without a doubt oh, well, the yeah. worst one. Like, yeah. Well, I mean like five, um, six, seven, and eight kind of built. Eight is like, I, eight's a bit crazy um six i I like eight yeah i don't i don't have a problem with it just because i 
I think Dom is amazing, and I love it every time they go even more crazy. Yeah, and I, I'm like a I mean, sucker for that. We're going to that. space. Like they, we're going to space, right? That's what they say. That's what they say. <laughs> I mean, I think uh, I I I have a, a theory or I have a suggestion for the final Fast and Furious movie, which is going to be Fast Ten. It's a two part. They're yep. doing like the Harry Potter thing. I think it should be a time travel movie where they have to go through all of the previous Fast and Furious films oh, like to Avengers? correct the timeline. Oh, this is going to be amazing. Yeah. <laughs> and it'll be called um, The Past of the Furious. And uh, the catchphrase will be Fast 10, your f- seatbelts. Why are you not on their marketing team? I mean, I don't come know. on. Just, it writes I, I've itself. I've already thought of this. <laughs> it literally writes itself. <laughs> uh, actually anyway, i think yours my... is 11 the sequel nobody wanted with a different cast <laughs> <laughs> that's right yeah <laughs> well they're gonna they're already setting it up so a lot of people don't know this but fast and furious has an animated series that's on netflix and it's about dom's uh nephew who's like a kid and they go and get into car shenanigans so i think what will happen is after 10 comes out both parts of the movie i think they'll get rid of the old cast and then they'll do like a young like reboot where it's like maybe people related to paul paul walker's character brian has a kid who's already in the show now vin diesel's character has a kid that's in the the movie so i think they're setting up like the next generation like the teen titans of fast and furious (laughs) that's right i I think that's where it'll go and it will get there pretty quickly well you know and then we'll have like vin diesel like old with a beard making a cameo please don't just uh, a cue ball and a beard just doesn't seem right yeah, well, he'll be like Marcus from uh, from Gears of War. They'll give him like a, oh. uh, you know, a, a yep. do-rag so you can't see uh, his his balding, his probably balded headline. Yeah. Um, yeah. Still got to have like the T-shirt and the arms that don't fit it. So that's just how that goes. That's right. Yeah, that's right. Well, man, it has been an absolute blast. Thank you for sharing plenty of time with me to talk about what was a crazy episode. Um, we will definitely have to find a time to get you back on sometime soon. We can spend with you, me and Cog. Um, we'll make Absolutely. that one work. And then other than that, man, uh, tell people what you like for one. I wanted to shout you out. Great job on fire team chat recently, by the way, I know you've been hosting it, been enjoying the shows. Thanks. You got Paul over there and Brian, of course. Um, I just wanted to say like you basically picked up and I mean, Destin's been running that thing for a while. He is, I love in the cameos you guys are throwing in with him reading to his yeah, kid and stuff great. has been great. So I just wanted to shout you guys out for kind of just the smooth transition and just how you guys have made that continue to work and then i wanted to ask you like for for you how has it been hosting that one did you feel any pressure has it been like looking at the comments and seeing are you just like i'm doing a podcast have fun or not yeah um i i'm one of those people who um destin i don't know how if you've ever had a chance to meet destin or talk to him or whatever very very little (laughs) like pretty minimal but a little bit he's he's like one of those guys who like outwardly he seems really like hard but he actually is one of those people who lets comments affect him, which you wouldn't expect just meeting Destin. Like he reads comments and he like takes them to heart and lets himself get affected by them. And so before I started doing shows or having like a public face, I assumed I would be like that. And it turns out I'm not like that at all. <laughs> I read, <laughs> like, I read I comments care. and somebody will call me like a racial slur or like say that I'm like the worst thing in the world. And I just look at it and I just go eh, and I move on. It doesn't ruin my day at all. So I mean, that's the best um, attitude for sure. I, yeah, I, I I don't let it affect me personally. That said, I do feel an enormous sense of responsibility with Fireteam Chat. Like I was a listener years before I ever got on the show and I knew the cast because I worked with them for years at IGN before yeah. I was you know writing for IGN. And so for me, like, you know, it, it's it's 
really bizarre being on the show. It's even more bizarre hosting it like a year after my first episode. Um, but Destin built something that's awesome. And I think a lot of shows about Destiny or the fact that a show can exist about a single game on the internet, I think is something that Destin owes a lot of credit for. He kind of like, he certainly proved it with like IGN because IGN doesn't do that, right? They don't have shows oh, yeah. about a single video game. Um, and, and I think that he's owed a lot of credit for that. And I love the destiny community. And, and so for me, I'm trying to figure out how to, how to be better, how to keep the show as it is, but do my own thing. You've noticed I added like the Bungie please yep. segment. I'm doing the, uh, the cold open skits, <laughs> which I really like. And I want to keep that going even after Destin's back. And, and, uh, you know, I want to, I want to see how we can make it more fun and, and change it, but, but keep it the same, uh, three person show that, that happens and, uh, now doing it every other week, I think, makes more sense. It feels a little counterintuitive right now because there's so much going on in Destiny. Right. But I think in a few weeks, when things start to cool down and the seasons are longer, us doing every other week is going to feel like like it makes a lot more sense. Yeah. Um, so, uh, yeah, and it also just gives us a chance to do longer episodes and to work on them more. So I think that's the the plan going forward. But. Yeah, man, I'm I'm not letting any of the criticism really get to me, but I am taking constructive criticism seriously, trying to make the show as good as it can be, and and you know feeling the enormous weight of such a a show that's special to me, even if other people don't watch it. Like to me, it's like the Destiny show, the one that I always listen to, and so uh, yeah, I'm just I'm I'm very uh, humbled by it and, and excited. I'm just having a lot of fun hanging out with Paul and Brian every <laughs> week, and those guys are hilarious. Yeah, it's so. like you got a good crew, um, and just yeah, props to you guys. The longer ones with the the like, and as you said, that's perfect. It's like the every other week, especially as we now things are going to be delayed. We'll have some slower times. It's going to be perfect. Some will be busier, some won't be. But the the length lets you guys. I feel like sometimes, and again, I don't know what IGN does, and you obviously don't you don't have to disclose anything. There are times where I feel like there are certain time constraints you're supposed to hit for whatever metrics or ads or whatever you guys are supposed to do, and you know, you guys having a little more time to talk just feels like. It gets to breathe a little bit. Some people I know mm -hmm. like shorter, but it was like just a little bit more because I think this last one was like close to an hour or so. Might have been a little over. More than an yeah, hour. Yeah, it was like it, it was, was over. almost 90 minutes. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And those are where, and that's I guess coming from our podcast, I'm biased, we're way too long. But uh, I enjoy when you get to go have some tangents, some deep dives, and you get some thoughts that kind of fall out of your head that probably wouldn't if you were on just such a tight one. So it's yeah. it's nice to see... It's just nice with, for anybody. I think podcasts generally get to have a little bit more freedom and just realism to them when they get a little bit more room to breathe. And I've just I've enjoyed that. Yeah. So overall, yeah, you guys are doing great. Enjoying the cold opens and the bungee, please. Like. It's good to evolve and yet uh, appreciate what you got. Awesome. Thanks, man. Yeah. Um, well, if you want to let people know, I think I got a thunderstorm outside, so hopefully I don't lose power. Um <laughs> Yeah, if for some reason it shuts off, you guys know why. Uh, let them know where they can find you, um, when you guys got your next one, I think, and just where yes. uh, what to look forward to coming from you. If you got any games you're going to be reviewing, even that you, if you can disclose, yeah, yeah. all that stuff. Yeah, so you can find me on Twitter at TyGuyTravis. Uh, you can also add me on Xbox, PlayStation, or Steam on TyGuyTravis. I am doing this new thing where I try to play with a different group from the community just randomly every week and ask them what their Bungie pleases. I'm sort of like crowdsourcing my nice. uh, Bungie complaints. I've gotten some really good ones from that, so I, I have like more than enough to work with. But I'm always happy to just, you know, jump into a game of Iron Banner with you if you see me online or whatever. So add me. Um, and then uh, for IGN, I just got done previewing an upcoming game 
that was revealed at the Nintendo Direct and also uh, made oh, an appearance um, at the PlayStation event today. Yeah, what's that one? I saw oh, your yeah. tweet. It's called Knockout City. Um, it's a uh, competitive dodgeball game. Um, I, I did the preview for it, which you can read at IGN.com or uh, watch the video on YouTube. And uh, I just I had a lot of fun with that game. So I I hope I'm going to be able to do the review uh, in May. It comes out. Um, but yeah, uh, you can you can read about that game there, which I really enjoyed. Nice. I saw that one. It actually looked like it could be one of those, you know, if it gets the right room to breathe, like maybe not as crazy as a Rocket League, but still just looked like it actually had this weird it, level of fun. Yeah, it, yeah, it kind of reminds me of like Monday Night Combat. If you ever played that Xbox Live arcade game oh, back man, in the day, that's or throwback. it's. Yeah, it like it, it reminds me of that or or Rocket League or one of those just like fun. It, it, you just hop in and just play a few matches uh, type of game. I so, saw that on the PlayStation. Yeah, it, Is it coming to PlayStation as well? Yeah, it's actually coming to all platforms and it has cross play and cross progression on day one, wow, which is kind nice. of nuts. Um, yeah, so that that was like one of the things where it's like, oh, OK, that's like that's how games should be. Yeah, like, I mean, they're doing it on day one. We're so. getting we're getting there. We're slowly getting where like I play over here gonna boot up my save up yep. there doesn't matter what you're playing it on so eventually we will yeah. get there um now we just need to get cross buy handled because that's the one that nobody's ever solved you know you have to buy destiny <sighs> yeah. on every platform and yeah, well that's so. the um that's how they stay in business that's how bungie gets to expand twice over <laughs> that's right that's right because well, they got the game pass deal I, I bet i bet you the game pass and the uh Netties. the google stadia deal oh, they did yep. i bet you those because they were the first game on Stadia. I bet they got so much money and now Stadia's gone and Bungie's like, I got we got the money, <laughs> like, you know, so <laughs> Yeah. Um we I yeah, the future's crazy for them. But apparently with all of this recently, they seem to be doing fine financially, because I know there were times like, hey, how's Destiny? They're good. They are totally fine. They're very good. They are very yeah, good. They are their financial yeah. balance sheet is um golden at this point. Whatever they're doing, it's working. Um, Absolutely. But that's all I got. You guys know for me, uh, I will be playing Outriders tomorrow. I will be on Twitch tomorrow doing that one. Um, it's fun so far. Honestly, if you haven't checked it out, demo is free. The progress from the demo literally will go into the full game. So if I play it on PC and then I pick it up, I get to start from chapter two and just take my characters in. So if nothing else, I would like this. I know it's not easy for games to do that, but they gave you basically the first chapter and two. You try the demo and then you get to move forward. Like, the the confidence behind them to do that is what I think was really surprising. And so far, I've just been having fun. It's a cool game so far. So I'll be playing that. You guys know I'll be playing Destiny. And uh, next week, our podcast is going to be on Saturday, just so you guys, if you made it this far. And we're going to have Mylan Games. Um, so just for those of you guys who are actually in here, great lore guy, awesome guy. Um, so we're going to have him on a Saturday night, actually. So it's going to be Saturday at like 7 p.m. Eastern time or something like that. So. Uh, but for this episode, 138, the special request, impromptu action with Travis and Ivantis. Thank you very much, man, for coming in. Always a pleasure. Can't wait to have you back uh, and see what other uh, insults come my way. So it's always fun to try and dodge them. <laughs> see what insults, I can do. Man. <laughs> no, I know. Just love. Just love. love. Here, high five <laughs> through the screen. Bam. Cool. All right. For episode 138, February 20th. Thank you all very much. I'm going to raid DCP. So guess what? You're going to go from one podcast to another. So you guys have fun over there. Thank you guys very much. And we'll see you soon for this episode. It has been the last, last word. word. See ya. And. All right. A couple claps.
Zero. I got one. There you go. All right, stop that recording.